Happy October. Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories in full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPRN discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. Looking for something new in sci-fi or fantasy? Check out what Brandon Sanderson, Orson Scott Card, Nettie Okorafor, and others chose as the best news stories of the year in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology from 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Well, that was most interesting. Uh, oh, speaking of that, John and Emily are going to stop by to see us. John's getting ready to go to see, so we ain't going to see him for uh, probably till, oh, wow. for a while. He's headed over to Germany and somewhere. But we'll let him tell him. He's going to come on next hour with us. Um, so right off the bat, let's start with this one. Fact that Joe Biden lies all the time. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, so I've seen this news piece. This oh, my God, this, dude. This, this thing, wait, hold on, let me find it. This thing was just too oh, funny. Oh, don't lie. That's my virgin ears there. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I wasn't even going to lead with that. There was something else I wanted to lead with. But when I seen the story, I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, and who doesn't already know this? Why, why is this a thing? And why do we have to talk about it so much? And of course, of course, of course, he does lie. So um, they did, so here we go, undeniable proof Joe Biden is a liar. No. This is from the American Insider. Uh, it's opinion piece by Mike Fishmore, and uh, it just goes on and on about what he's lied about. So, in all fairness, people, I'd play this for y'all, but it would probably bore most of our listeners. Um, he has been caught repeatedly saying that he's done jobs that he's never done. He's been a bus driver. He's been a teacher at Penn State. He's he's been <laughs> he's been a fisherman. Man, I mean, he's been some stuff. He's been a professor. Now, you know, first off, I'm thinking, I'm not the brightest dude on the planet, but it takes a while to be just to become a professor. It's not like, you know, I mean, you're talking eight years, 10 years, usually, you know, you got theses and doctorates to do. I mean, you just don't just become one. And then the way he was talking, you know, the guy says, so the guy asked him another question. He said, he goes on and on. And then he, then he was about to say he was a tenured professor when (laughs) somebody bumped him from behind on this, off the stage. Like, what are you doing? Dumbass. Um, I mean, the guy, and he's like, he, I mean, wait, I love the one about the school bus driver. That shit, I almost fell out of the chair laughing when I heard that. Uh, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I was driving when I heard that. I'm lucky I didn't wreck my damn car. It's, it's, he just tells some whoppers. And, and, and it, 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 whatever he's doing, that's what he did. I, well, I've been on picket lines myself before. Really? Where? You've been a fucking congressman your whole life. I mean, what else has he done for a living? Lying. Um, and I don't well, think he's done Alexa, much hard labor. How long has Joe Biden been in politics? Joe Biden took office as president of the United States on January. Oh, never mind, Alexa. She's a dumbass sometimes. I am trying to respond from the right place. Yeah, yeah they sometimes don't get. Yes, it is. 
She's a dumbass. Now she don't. Now she don't even know where she is. She's lost in my house because I got three of them. <laughs> they get lost. Three. Yeah, I got three. Hang of on them. a minute. Hang on a minute. I got one, two, three. Be wajaleo, bad boy. I've got six. Damn, you worse than I. Six Alexas. Let me tell you what. Alexa Google. Is, Same it's, idea, but it's Google. It's a handy product to have. Okay, mm. so Siri's the dumbest out of all of. Oh well, no, I'm sorry. Cortana's the dumbest out of all of. It's it's just if we y'all know what we're talking about people we're talking about your AIs on your telephones or on your computers. Cortana's the worst or whatever. I'm, I'm I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but it's the worst. Followed by Siri. Siri is Siri makes me curse. Siri even makes me use the c word sometimes. I mean huh. Siri's just just pathetic. She don't know how to find stuff. At least Alexa knows how to do searches. Alexa, how many days are Christmas? Christmas is in 80 days on Monday, December 25th, 2023. We love you, Alexa. Uh, I like her too because I can send notifications around in my house. But I like it for stuff for like cooking, uh, pulling yeah. recipes, pulling what you need. It's a really handy tool to have. Do you um, have any with the screens? No, I didn't get any with the screens. I've been thinking about one for the kitchen. Actually, for the lip, for the dining room table, I've been actually thinking about one. And uh, uh, Google's got the biggest ones, but Alexa has them too. But uh, I have a, it's a small one, but it's I don't know four by. It's bigger than a phone and less than a tablet, yeah. but it's perfect for if you're doing but recipes. See, see, the see, that's but you know something like four, maybe six inches would be good for me. I don't yeah. need anything bigger than I don't, I don't for you up front because I don't really don't want that intrusion like the front of my house. There's not a lot of electronics in my front of my house other than the big screen TV and, and what's in the kitchen. Um, yeah. But, you know, the back of my house is loaded with electronics, all that, all the rooms, all the, you know, even the studio. So, yeah. And the other problem is that they're not entirely portable. So the Alexa ones and the, and the Google ones require a cord. If they had it where it was rechargeable, so you can move it around, like as you're, as you're cooking, you got to go over to this counter and cut. Give, them, give them, give them another year or two. Again. They will. So Everything. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Well, like you know, so I use people. So there's a, a company designing a new charger uh, and it'll probably only work on, on, on new stuff coming out. But so you can put this thing, it's a base charge. You can put it anywhere in your house and it charges all your electronics, all they your phone. No, they've already had that. No, they, you, those you have to actually set it on top of or set it near. Yeah, the magnetic ones. Yeah. This is this is one that you're just going to be a base station that's set in your house. You could be in your living room, it could be in your bedroom, be in your kitchen, wherever. And it charges everything, not just yours. It charges the ones in the other bedroom, your pads, your tablets, your mama's right. pads, your tablets, your daughter's pads, your tablets, whoever else's pads, your tablets. Shit might even charge a neighbor's pad and tablets as far as yeah. I know. And I've never, I've never understood that. So the, the same thing is that same technology has been with the cell phones for a long time. They, they've always told me, like, in order to have longer battery life, you need to be on a Wi-Fi network. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? So, like, you know, one day the power went off, my Wi-Fi network went off, my phone died in, like, 20 minutes. I suppose when it has a Wi-Fi network, it lasts two, three, four days on a single charge. I well, because all that works. Well, so because it's, it's kind of it's kind of like a USB, but it's kind of it's kind of like it's 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 hard to explain. Yeah, you, if you look at wave, you'll, you'll you just got to look at waves, and you'll know it's kind of it's like a USB wave, basically. What it is, it's picking. I know people, we're geeking out. We'll stop, I promise. So <laughs> so we're gonna move right along to what the opening story was tonight. The actual opening opening story for the night show was dun 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 dun. The Russians shoot down yet another one of their jets. I heard about again, again. At least they're accurate. How in the hell did they shoot another one down? What I mean, 
are, are so do, can you they're, imagine they're, your army's you, being run by a madman how else how i'm not surprised that there have been and more listen, wait, this this isn't okay russia shoots down its own su-35 this is not like some chump jet this is supposed to be one of their more advanced jets you know it's supposed to be a beast this this thing would probably be the same as an f-18 or or no it ain't no raptor you know, what did you uh, say it was a sukov 28 uh no it's an su-35 SU thirty five. Yeah, so so it's a SU thirty five basically is what it is. So how how does it compare to our thirty five? Does it look exactly like the F thirty five? No, it looks more like a F. Uh, it really looks more like a F fourteen, but it's probably more equivalent to F eighteen. Dual wings, dual engines, uh, okay. peak bent nose. It, it really it always amazes me how some of our allies. I mean, not our allies, our our enemies. Technology looks so much like ours sometimes. I'm like, who the f- is selling this shit to these people? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. really, it, it irks me sometimes. Like when the Russians built the same shuttle we did, I was like, it, it's uh, almost identical. It's a little pointier, but it's almost identical. Yes. Well, when you look at this, and people, y'all go look at this. This is an MSN article here, and uh, when you look at this, this this jet looks so much. It really looks like a Tomcat. Is what it looks like. Well, put uh, it up. Let now, me see it. Oh yeah, let me see. I can do that. Can I? So where am I? Wait, I don't know if I'm on which one I'm on here. It doesn't, for some reason, StreamYard doesn't like. It's fine with Google and stuff, but it's not a big fan of uh, Microsoft. Let's see, let's see if we can find it real quick. I uh, know, Johnny. There's no porn for you to see, so you might as well leave now. Oh, here it is, right <laughs> here. Share. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, Johnny. Isn't, you, you might as well leave if that's what you're waiting. That, there you go. You know what? That's that's. Similar to an F-14 Tomcat right there. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Yep. It's 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 probably design of an F-14. Probably got the power of an F-18 because it's been updated. But that's what it is. It's a Tomcat. And wait, come to find out lately, yeah. there are, you know, I, they were talking about these Tomcats that are still flying. Well, that's cool. I, I'm glad to hear they're out there. But I found out that, the other that, day. That got, two people. Iran's got, Iran's got F-4 Phantom still flying. Huh. Yeah. And, and wait. That's cool. That's there is a great video. Yeah. So there's an F4 Phantom flying in Iran. It's on patrol, right? And when you zoom into the video, there's an F22 Raptor sitting underneath it. He didn't know it was there. He never knew the Raptor was there ever. The Raptor wow. stayed with him for some time and then broke off. And uh, he never, ever knew that freaking Raptor was there. So the Raptors did it to an Iraqi F, uh, F14. And they've done it to several Russian jets now. Them, them freaking raptors. And plus, them freaking raptors are deadly. I don't know why we won't build any more of it. And a bunch of Congress people want to build more of them, and we just won't. There's something, something, I don't know. I don't Whatever know, company so. built them, I guess they're mad at or something. Because them raptors, I, I, I like the F-35, but the raptor is a beast. I was in a squadron A-7 Corsairs back back in Vietnam once, the bombers. Mm-hmm. That, that I'm telling you what, the A-7 Corsair was a beast. So were the A6s too. They were beasts. So I'm still a fan of the F4U Corsair from World War II. Those were pretty nice too. They were flying tanks. <laughs> yeah, they were. You know, it's funny you said that because my original attachment was to an A7 Corsair group out of uh they were called the River Rattlers out of New out of uh Belchase, Louisiana. That was my first assignment in the Navy. Uh, that's how I got on my first carrier duty, matter of fact, because they were a reserve group. Them mm-hmm. rattle trap F things. I remember one time we we got one. We got it all back together, and you know they they can't go supersonic. They they got to 
top speed is like 550. You can probably yeah. push him to 650, but so one of the pilots we're cruising, we're going to the bombing derby in Fallon, Nevada. So we're flying. Yes, I've been there. You've been there. Oh, Fallon's great. We'll have to yes. talk about that. So yes. um so we 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 we're on our which well, shit, we were probably here at the same damn time. Probably, it's, um, dude. Probably it, it's uh that's really weird. So um we're cruising out there. He says he, he gets on a thing. He said, You're not real scary, are you? He said, No, he said, Well, I'm gonna try to push it. So he gets it up to like 625. This shit and thing sounds like it's just gonna fall off of it. <laughs> but I tell you what, so they were really funny for the techs. They always would make the techs fly with them. They considered it a good luck, but they would always bring us out on one of, at least on one of the ranges for one of their flights because they wanted us in there to see how everything performs and, and to see how accurate this plane was and what it meant for us to do our jobs right is really what this was about. And uh, I remember my first ever strafing run. This guy coming in, he's, you know, they got a Gatling gun on this thing. <laughs> like, you know, so you just see him start unleashing these bombs. Diddly accurate. Excellent. I mean, they were just, as long as they were fighter planes around them, there was nobody getting to these SOBs. Exactly. And, um, now, I, I got one story for you, Dave, which is cool. We were, I got to tell you this story, and it was funnier now. Was, we were on sea trials. We were in Gitmo, and um, to everybody who does not know what Gitmo is, that's Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay. Yep. And um, Guantanamo so Bay. they got, you know how they get them uh, deleted ships, you know, they uh, dog down all the doors so the planes can practice on them, yeah. right? Okay, no shit. They have one that. No, you saw all the Russian ships, you know, watching us, mm -hmm. the spy ships, right? So, my, our officer, he took one of his bombs and he put it down the smokestack, dude. I mean, literally just went and it sunk. <laughs> It sunk the well, ship. Well, yeah, it sunk. It, it blew it from it inside. Wasn't dog, yeah. It wasn't dogged down the whole ship. And that thing went down. And you could probably just hear all the Russians go, you know, speaking their Russian language. What the fuck they got there? What the hell did they got there? That's just something. Uh, Johnny, dog down means with all the hatches are locked down, my friend. That So any 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 good ship, any, any good crew on a good ship, can keep it afloat by just keeping all those hatches locked down. You can lose half of a front of a damn ship and keep it afloat. Matter of fact, if you ever seen the ones from World War II and you see the Yorktown, the whole top of it is gone. And this bitch is still steaming in on its own power. It gives oh, you an yeah. idea. But if you don't dog them down, any open hatch water just pours through and it just becomes a chain. And next thing you know, your ass is listing or flipping or sinking. Uh, ships can do a lot of things. I've seen video footage of us, several of the um, – Bikini Atel uh, nuclear bombs blast. And yeah. We had an old, we had part of the Russian fleet out there. We had actually several different parts of fleets out there. And the first well, time we came the over. The first one was the most of the Navy, uh, the Japanese Navy. Yeah, most of it was oh, Japanese okay. Navy. So the first one came over and they were really disappointed. Now, this thing, when you see this, you're like, wow. But they were disappointed. I think only two ships sunk. All the rest of them, a lot of them just melted into to the way they couldn't sink. Yeah. It was just like big steel air bubbles is what they were. <laughs> um, it was crazy to watch this kind of stuff, people. And um, when you when you get to go out and get in live fire exercises like what Sean and I were talking about, it's different. It's not like it's yeah. not like oh we're faking it, man. Anybody can screw up. Anybody can get killed at this. It's not that hard to get killed. And these yep. jets, 
So <clears throat> when we when we fuel these jets up, we're going to work no less than 24 hours. So it's usually 24 hours on, 24 hours off, 24 hours on. And sometimes it can be up to 48. And I even been one one year when they were doing test, test, whatever they called it. And we ran 72 hours on, 48 hours off. And I spent most of my time at this little bar uh, house place. Anyway, down the down ways where you could go relax. Uh, I can't tell y'all what it was. I, I'm embarrassed. I can't tell y'all. So. Oh, hey, I'm not... Those were good times, man. It was. Oh, where, I where remember oh, one Jesus. time we launched off an A6, and uh, uh, what A6 happened is was what used to yeah, they were. But what happened was there wasn't enough steam in the catapult, right? So they launched the damn thing, and it went like this: whoop. Right yeah, water, right? yeah, right in the water. Got so what we in. had to do was launch off two F-14 Tomcats and hit it with the 50 calibers to sink it because there were Russian ships around us. Yeah. Well, well, people, have, it, okay, so I know y'all watch the movies. Carries are not always actually under steam when they launch. Uh, I don't. I probably just got myself in trouble. I probably shouldn't even said that. But... Um, it's always been a thing that they, you know, carriers get up to full speed when they launch. Well, they, they don't have to do that now. That was back in World War II when we had prop planes. 1980s, buddy. 1980s. <laughs> but in the 80s, we had catapults and jet <laughs> yeah. engines. It's a little bit different. Oh, no, they still dipped when they went off. And that's why you see the Europeans and the Russians had the little thing that goes up. Um, no, I worked at catapults. I was, well, okay, I was a flight deck captain. That was my second assignment aboard the USS Nimitz. And they didn't. They weren't playing around. They, she, no. I remember. I remember when I got promoted from enlisted to officer, and I got to skip yeoman, which was so nice. <laughs> I didn't want to be a yeoman. I didn't want to be called a yeoman. I'm sorry. I just didn't want to. And I worked really hard to skip that. And then I, um, a year, two years later, I said, "Oh, I love you, Navy. I'm retired. I'm out of here." <laughs> so I yeah. said, "Howdy, yeah. os amigos." It's it's a fun life, people. I'm not gonna lie. And there's a lot that goes on. You learn a lot of stuff. I mean, any 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 soldier or any navy guys, he's gonna know first aid. He's gonna know firefighting. It's just a lot of stuff that guys gotta but know to be on board a ship. You also gotta <clears throat> think about it, dude. Um, in four and a half years, I spent three years and two months out at sea, and I traveled the world, and I've been to 26 yeah. different countries. But check this out. I mean, I got paid. I had a place to sleep. Oh, yeah. You Plus know you what got, I mean? It, you just didn't get paid. You got paid on several <laughs> things depending on what you're doing. I know. Um, I, I know. I, I did. I did. See, I got lucky. I did a lot of school. So I had two, almost two and a half years in school before I had to start doing my uh, at sea training. And then, um, and then, like I said, I got real lucky. I got put on a flight deck and an officer took a liking to me and because uh, I had command skills. And he was like, wow, I really like the way you run a deck. So he said, you're going to be the flight deck captain for the next. And, you know, it's so crazy because I'm 18. And I'm now in charge of everything that goes on top of that deck. And, uh, I mean, this we're talking <laughs> millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment. And I'm thinking, what, are you crazy? And uh, But, it, it, man, it, it gets into you. you. You get into it. Emergencies happen all the time. Shit goes on all the time. I've watched planes run into the side of the damn command tower. I've watched them run up the side. I've watched people eject and get hooked on stuff. Um, it's I've watched this mow over a set of F-18 Hornets because one stalled and the wing tapped the other one as it was coming by. And they both went down. And because uh, it was live fire exercises. We were under we were under steam and pff, 
it was nothing. Them pilots would have stayed in. They'd even did. They'd have been turned through the, the, the things in the back. What else was cool about being on the carrier, and the carrier group that you were with when you were out at sea, when you did your cruise with the other ships, they would have um, smokers, smoke boxing. They'd set up three rings, three rings down into where they, uh, they keep the airplanes at. And each ship that was on that cruise would send two people over who were boxers, and they would be boxing all day long. It was oh yeah, there, there, there was lots of stuff. Well, 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 Carmen, I mean, there's lots of stuff on, on the ship I was on. We had three bowling lanes. We had a, we had basically a mini uh, Walmart on board, and there was uh, it was all kind of stuff you could do, all kind of games you could play. I mean, you had to keep us entertained because even though we were on duty like twelve hours a day. You still had all that downtime to deal with, and sailors are not good with downtime. Um, so you know, and, unless and for, and for size comparison, you're basically on a three or four square block city area on, on a boat floating in the ocean. Pretty cool. Uh, it's a ship, dude. It's a ship. Don't call it a boat. They might run you over, man. Get it right. <laughs> it is Get a ship because it, right. it launches other ve- it launches and recovers other vehicles. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's um. I don't know. I mean, carrier duty was fun. I'm not going to lie. It's, it was the not, best duty in the world, man. I mean, I mean. Oh yeah, I was compared in, to everything else, Scotland. you can get stuck with. I mean, God. Yeah, I, I was stationed. I, I, I was stationed. being on a sub. I think. Well, sub duty. Was no, you wouldn't. Too. No, not me, man. I tell you I, what, I, I was. I might. Stationed. I'm not claustrophobic no. at all. Hold, check, hold the horses here, guys. Hold the horses. <laughs> Sean my said he ain't going command, to no submarine. <laughs> my first command <sighs> was on a subtender, the USS Holland AS-32. And we were stationed at uh, Holy Lock, Scotland. And, you know, we were a subtender, so all the subs would come in. And, oh, my God, I went down into one, dude. Ain't no freaking way I'd be in one of those. Yeah, it takes a, no. It takes a special kind of person uh, <clears throat> to be on board a sub. It really does. And, 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 and a little bit. I'm five foot nine, so that's <laughs> it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be bringing John and Emily Goodwin on with us a little bit, but I don't know, guys. This this a lot. Oh, this is also the next story I wanted to run with. I love this one. So the gold asteroid they found is worth more than everything on planet Earth. Gold. Wow. I never heard. I didn't read that one. <clears throat> oh, we got we got to go. Well, <clears throat> they found it. A little a while back, but this thing it is it's actually in our worth, asteroid belt or what? Yeah, it's it's actually worth more than everything on the planet put together. Wow. And it's not the only one. There's other ones out there that are that that, that are just, and also some of these metals prove that this was a planet at one time and yeah. not just an asteroid belt because of some of the minerals they're finding. Happens in the certain types of compression. <clears throat> so you know, it's interesting to see where they're going, but they say the minerals in the asteroid belt could supply us and colonies for the next 10,000 years. And by then, we'll be so far out in space, it'll just be one of our stops. Um, well, people, even at, even at 10,000 years, even at half light speed, we're just going to use half light speed because we don't want to be leaving all our relatives behind forever. But so Proxima Centauri is 3.8 light years out uh, at, at half light speed. That's uh, seven years. It'll take you to get there. Uh, not really a big trip. You know, if you got everything on, it's a decent ship. You can do that. Things will get better and faster as we go along. And I know people always tell me they want to build these big colony ships and put everybody sleeping, dart them into space. Okay. I- I'm fine with that, but let's be honest. So let's say, let's say the trip's 500 years. Okay. So they're cruising along. All of a sudden, here comes an airship, pulls up on side of them with warp speed. Hey, wait, 
can we, can we, should we let them go? Should we wake them up? What should we do with these people? <laughs> Cause now we can be there in, you know, uh, two days. It's, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a hard decision to make. Oh, and by the way, Elon Musk says he has seen no evidence that extraterrestrials are real. He's not saying that he, <clears throat> that there could not be extraterrestrials. He did say he thought we were the aliens though. Well, everybody thinks that Joe. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out we came from Mars. I really wouldn't be surprised one bit. Yeah, yeah I put that theory for a while back. Well, I caught all kind of hell when I first broke that out. It's um, because most of the humans on this planet, this biological clock is set to a 24 and a quarter hour day. Yeah, okay. that's Mars. That's Mars. That's not Earth. Also, our optimal body temperature is what Mars was at 55 million years ago. So, I mean, what the hell? But we live on Earth. And if we lived on Mars, we'd actually live longer if we lived on Mars, by the way, people, in case y'all didn't know that. And for people like us who are older, if we'd have moved to Mars now, we'd probably add another 30 years of our life. <laughs> I ain't going. Well, <clears throat> well, they brought this up. Somebody said, they're, oh, they're not going to take old people. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. Well, why? why so someone, someone 50 or 60 is going to get 20, maybe 30, maybe even 40 more years on Mars because one, your heart is even even extending yourself and working hard. It's just never going to get up more than 50, 60 beats a minute. Um, you'll have to be strapped down to get at anything over that. And if you're not planning to have kids, you can go ahead and let your body adapt to Mars. If you're going to have kids, it's different. You're going to have to keep yourself in a 1G environment unless you think you're going to be experiment with your children and see what comes out. We have seen some really horrible things. People come out from experiments in space from chickens and pigs and all sorts of things that they let, <laughs> let be born in space. Uh, well, because a lot of them don't have legs because you know what you need legs for in space. I mean, you're weightless. Uh, so, I mean, anyway, it's just stuff y'all need to think about as we get ready to get off the planet. Uh, what is that, Bruce? Uh, I don't know what's wrong with Putin. I don't know why he started this. I don't know why he wants to start World War III. Medivh basically the other day said, well, if the, if the Brits put troops on the ground, don't hold us responsible when a low-yield tactical nuke wipes them out and one accidentally rebounds and hits London on accident. Hey, no, that, that's dude, his words. That's not my words. Of, it's his words. Speaking of Putin, I read today somewhere that he has filed uh, like a criminal charge. He's going after... Is it Schwab? Oh, he's probably going up to all kinds of people. All of them are doing this right now. There's, there's a lawsuit city all over the world. Trump's suing everybody and, and from hell and back. Uh, he's suing everybody. I mean, because once you say something about somebody, especially when you're a big company and shit, it's out there. You can't take it back. Once it's on the World Wide Web, it's there. I mean, it's going to be somewhere. And, uh, so, I mean, you're just kind of stuck. What do you mean, Kyle? Right now, um, I'll, you know what? I'll pull up some fresh polls on, on Trump in a little while, but just before we bring our guest on. And, um, well, this, well, the poll, the, it, he's been polling really high. Yeah, I, I don't know. He might be the first president of the United States who, who's running the country from prison. Uh, I, don't, I don't think if they put him in, I think if they put him in jail, he still would win the election. Yo, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I said, I think he would, I, I think he'd still win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what are you going to do? I mean, he's in prison. He's president. I say, well, he'll just pardon himself then. So yeah, um, you're forgiven. <laughs> this is the biggest effing disaster we've had in this country in a long time. And Z Jenners and all you, which McCall who love, you think y'all are 
oh, we're saving the world. You have effed it up beyond belief. I mean, we give y'all a little bit of power, like people like yes, y'all just just f things up. Like, uh, I don't, I don't think Z Genesis, I don't think y'all deserve any more power for at least two decades. Yeah, y'all, y'all need to really understand what life's about. I'm sorry, and millennials, you need to work a little bit harder on how things actually work. Um, unfortunately, nobody makes these rules. This shit's been going on for ten thousand years. If you want to change them, try. But you know, some of the stuff we're talking about, like transgender. Oh, we're going to let transgenders guys in women's sports. Really? Why? Well, you know what? I'm going to, I got to, okay. I'm going to grow some boobs. I'm going to get them a bong. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to go just do some wrestling, do some other stuff and win me some prizes and some money. It's the most ignorant thing I've ever heard. I don't care who likes it. Just some things, some things is too woke. Okay. I mean, you don't woke yourself up and clobbed yourself in the head while you were doing it. I just, the woke generation is turning into the stupid generation really fast. So if y'all want to save any image of yourself in 20 years or 30 years, you better figure out what the hell you're doing. Cause some of the, don't follow. You know what the problem is when you're young, lead. you have a tendency to follow. Yeah. Lead or, or stand out and watch what's going on, but don't just blindly follow. Oh, well, that's, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. No bullshit. I mean, come on. We heard for how many years that Trump was with Russia. And now we found that it's, it's, it's Joe Biden and not Trump. I mean, come on. Then we found out that Hillary had did election fraud. I mean, what the hell, man? It's just. Right. And you can also put another Navy analogy, and I'll tell you a true story behind that. We went to Gitmo, and we had this lieutenant right out of freaking Annapolis, dude. Oh, and shit. He was hardcore. And so the first day of uh, 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 fire fires, uh, training, we failed. We got a 28% out of 100. The Whoa. next day, next day, the master chief took that boy by his hand and he says, you follow me, sit in that chair and don't say a freaking word. And then we passed with a 90. Because <laughs> the master chief took over the command. Yeah, because the master and, chief knows what he's actually doing. Uh, and that's what, and that's what they, those they do. In my store. <laughs> you know what? So they, they, um, like you Gen Zers out there, honest to God, man, find somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing and follow them. Don't think you're smart because you're not. Well, I don't know what they think, though, but it's really starting to irritate me. Let me see. Let me finish sending this invitation out to John and them. Uh, what are you talking about, guys? Oh, uh, yes. Well, let's get rid of that. Wait, what sorry. happened here? Sorry for cussing. Sorry. Oh, you're all right. Uh, come on. What are you doing, StreamYard? I'm just trying to make sure my damn email sent. Oh, wow. won't send. John, what you did in my email, man? You know what? First off, let's, let's, let's remove this. So we're not sending every emails out. Uh, Kirby, that's Jay and that's Jack. Hmm. It's the three J's. Yeah. We're going to change oh, the name of the show to the three, the three J's show. <laughs> then we're bringing a woman. She'll have to be like Janet or Jesse or Jean. Yeah. Or, I don't know. It's not some freaking name. Hi, Carol Sanders. Good uh, to see you, Colonel Sanders. Man, he he's haunting us, man. Like, don't we let no Colonel Sanders live around us. Carol, Carol, I'm bad. Sorry, pardon. Carol I thought, Sanders. I, I, I thought he, I thought he said Colonel Sanders. I don't I, know. I mean, I'm from somebody's maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's I'm a just Pennsylvania. Hungry. It's a Pittsburgh accent, dude. It's one of our. Accents. I, I'm just saying. Maybe I'm just hungry. That's all. You know. 
<clears throat> I, I skipped dinner tonight to do the show. Uh, Marcy, no, we're serious. That is the second jet that the Russians have shot down. That belong- I don't understand it. They don't have friend and foe devices. I, I, <laughs> yeah, see, even, even back in the day when I was in the service, and this is like the turn of the last century, we had these little devices called friend and foe, and they would beep. So like during the war games, because there were teams, they would be set to whatever. So they would beep when the one was coming by it. Yes. Well, it's to help to keep you from getting shot down. That's what it's for. And uh, nowadays, the United States Air Force is so beastified. There is no jet currently flying anywhere in the world that could shoot down a Raptor or F-35 before we can see it and shoot it down. So currently, right now, we're seeing them about 20, 25 miles before they're seeing us. And the same thing was said about the F-15s and the F-14s when they first came out. They were able to do that as well, engage an enemy yeah. before the enemy could engage them. So that's why that, they were so good over in the Middle East and such. You know, that's why they're still being used, actually. That's why they're still being used. And, and you know what else makes our, our Air Force and our Navy pilots, our Air Force and Navy uh, pilots, is that we're a lot smarter than the other people out there. Well, they're good looking. That helps, too. Yeah, and we let them shoot stuff on the ground so they get better and better. Yes. <laughs> I mean... No, no. What you talk, why is this thing not wanting to send an email to John? What is going on with this, John? If you're listening for some reason, um, it won't let me send you an email. I don't know what's going on here. I might have to use Yahoo or something. It's uh, what? Is, hmm. It don't like the email address. Yeah, Yahoo, so turn of the century though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's oh okay. I know what it's doing. I am probably trying to, instead of putting it in a subject, I'm probably putting it in the BCC. I bet you that's what I was doing. Trying to forward it without an email yet. No, that's what I was doing. Um, anyway, getting back to what we were talking about on the news. And uh, y'all were watching. Uh, so you see, we had the Russian one up there a few minutes ago. Of course, we had Elon Musk up there who was telling you how much he loves you and how he wants to have your babies and stuff. And, uh, you know, well, he's... All worship Elon, people. Y'all think I'm kidding with y'all. All worship Elon. Elon is the Do new you guy. Think maybe he is the Antichrist? Nope. I think he might be somebody else though. Um, no, Elon really actually likes us. He's actually he is the only guy I have seen since maybe Ronald Reagan who actually gives enough shit to put his money and his reputation on the line. He's done it. I mean, he lost 60 million billion, I'm sorry, $60 billion taking over Twitter, 40 billion paid and then 20 billion lost in Tesla and all. Uh, and, and what did he say? F it. It's just money. And went on to making it again and, and spreading the word. He's just, he actually, I mean, Starlink, uh, one of these days, probably in a, another 10 years, is going to revolutionize the world because it's going to cover the entire area. And you'll, you'll, there'll be nowhere on the planet. You'll be in the freaking Amazon jungle and be on your text because of Elon. Um, and he's got the neural link. So the neural link, let's talk about the neural link for a minute. Yeah, no, thank you. So what, what is that? I never heard so of that. So the neural link is a link. It's a, something they put in your head so you can work all your devices, basically wireless and hands-free. And it can do other things. It also can keep treat, track of your health, make sure if there's something going on with your body that it lets you know. So a lot of things this thing can do that are really good. But can they use it to make you basically Cyberman? Even if they can't, this, they're, they're, they take this this like square thing or round thing or whatever it is with metal electrodes and stick it directly into your brain. No, thank you. 
No, thank you. Uh, well, I'm just saying it's it's just oh, man, it's kind of a weird thing, is what I'm saying, guys. Yeah, it, it is weird, dude. I would to be honest with you, I would not want that because where do they put it in the brain? You know, I mean, your human side doesn't matter well, where it's going into your brain for one thing. A lot of people are not going to like the device. I mean, that's that's just it. Uh, that's just it. What is it? No, but almost they live. They live was it was an art was a television signal that was counteracted by special sunglasses. Um, but it, I'm it's a similar for those idea. To come out. I'm waiting for those. Uh, what, what was that, Denise? Oh, who's my favorite doctor? Ooh, I got my two, and and y'all ain't gonna like it. So I ain't gonna tell y'all. So, mm -hmm. Doctor Jack, Doctor J. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Uh, so it, for me, it would be number four. And number eleven or number ten, whichever one David Tennant is. You know what? The, the Jay, doctor honest, that gets to come back for his third time. Yeah, Jay, I'm and Joe. I'm waiting. Uh, I, you remember the movie Thirteen Ghosts? Yeah. Whenever they had those sunglasses, those glasses, and they could see ghosts with them. Right. I'm waiting for that to happen, man. I'd be jumping on that in a heartbeat. Well, that's if ghosts are real. But yeah, I think, it goes I think those are the same glasses they used in National Treasure, one of those two National Treasure movies. They, um, I think that is like really sweet, man. To have that that would change the whole thing at, of paranormal investigating. You wouldn't need to have equipment uh, to put these glasses on. Hey, Amelia, Jackie, I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I actually believe in ghosts. Uh, Good one, Amelia. Good one. I don't Good know if I actually believe in ghosties. <laughs> Joe, Joe is AI. Don't trust him. No, I don't. I'll kill you. That was good. Good one, Amelia. Uh, I, need, I don't know who he's talking about. Who this Amelia person is? I have no idea. Um, hmm? Well, that's Carmen texting me. Please let John on. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen, leave me alone, man. Says <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we we have John Goodwin getting ready to join us in a few minutes. No, he kicked his wife to curtsy. Bitch, get out of here. Go do something with yourself. Um, no, actually, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to go. No, I didn't get to go. Yes, because they want to do. I can't say it on air. It's it's a, an event they want to do. It's it's like a tour. But I can't get into any more because I don't want to give give the idea up to anybody because that just you know want me, and uh, we'll have to go from there. John's got weirdness in his hands down there. I don't know what he's up to. He's strange, but uh, we're gonna bring in one in just a second. Um, there was one other one. Where'd it go? Hold on. There was one other one I wanted to, I wanted to do right quick. What did I do with it? I love that one about that that one rock is worth more than the whole planet is worth. That is just uh, yeah, one rock. <laughs> I, 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 Man, why couldn't I have been born like now? Because I'll be out there mining that big boy. I'm surprised yeah. Elon Musk hasn't gotten up there and trying to take it down. Um, I know. Well, give him time. He'll be up there that's harvesting. Well, I think that's one of his goals is to go to that. I, I, if anybody, he'll be the first one to get there. I mean, I don't think anybody else can. I mean, he's just so far ahead of everybody in space. That's not even funny. Uh-oh, now what's he doing? What is Project Omega? Unpacking Elon Musk's alleged mysterious business venture. Elon's in everything. God knows what he's in. This is probably him, you know. Oh, before we go, too. Before we bring John on. Uh, so NASA, with in less than 17 years, plans to have not a colony, but a neighborhood on Mars. 
I'm serious. They want to build house. I'm not no, Mars. I'm, I'm laughing on the moon. at Amelia. Because uh, she's evil. Um, but he wants to have a neighborhood on the moon. I'm thinking, put it on the dark side because I don't want nothing messing up my view. I got to tell you, I'm anti anything on the front side of the moon. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't want to look up and see, oh, well, there's a city up there. What the hell happened? Uh, I, I like it like that. <laughs> and Kirby, thanks well, for that link. I'll, I'll mention it real quick. Yes, the U.S. Navy is using drones that looks like speedboats to mess with the uh, Iranian military. Yeah, it works really well. And uh, and then, so Chinese are one last thing, and rest in peace, people, because China, China lost a sub about a couple of days ago. Uh, they oh. got caught in a trap built for the U, uh, for the UK. So the Chinese had built a trap underwater to stop any like UK vessels that might be cruising where they shouldn't be, but not sink or anything, just stop them. Well, this ship was underwater. Of course, it's a sub and got hung up in it. They pretty sure everybody on board is dead. And then they found out that they're pretty sure the UK had a spy on board or had a spy put a bug on board the submarine. So they knew everything that was going on. Uh, so I imagine China's losing its mind at this point. So anyway, that's always fun news for y'all. Let's, we'll end that with a, with a scary note and hope there's no nuclear war while John's out in the, in the big world doing whatever John's going to be doing in the big world. Welcome, John Goodwin. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. It's like um, amazing checking with you guys. Hi, John. Hey, John. Hey, Sean. Hey, Jay. Uh, Jay said, what's up, man? That's that, that's not Sean. That's Jack, man. Yeah. The new yeah. Jack, Sean Kelly. <laughs> that's Jack up there. Do not mess with the three J's. See, now it's the four J's. See? Four J's. Look at that. The four J's. <laughs> so we can't even let Emily on because she's not got a J. She was Jennifer. We could let her in. <laughs> well, her, mate, her maiden name was Jones. No, well, yeah, see that, we that, well, well, that's iffy, but we'll, we'll yeah. So that her, her name right now is Emily Jones. Uh, no, she's <laughs> evil. She is just evil. Um, actually, uh, real quick, Kirby. That was two days ago, and then the next one, the next one, what you're talking about, actually happens on my wife's birthday on October 14th. Yes, that is the next eclipse, the big eclipse with the big fire running around it. I'm sorry. I think that's funny. Amelia says, "Let the Canadians on." No, we ain't let no damn Canadians on. Canadians are banned. Even Michelle's banned. What are y'all talking about? All you damn Canadians are banned. I can't let y'all on anyway because, you know, thanks to Trudeau, the new media laws don't allow Canadians to be on American radio and television anymore. Oh. Yes. And especially, you know, I, y'all been kicked. What can I say? Kicked by your own your own guy, no less. Yeah, this is – y'all Y'all don't believe me. Y'all check on it yourselves. It's something we're following because we have – one, two, three, four, five, six hosts in Canada. So uh, we're going to have to reroute them so their shows are actually broadcast through America, through America's rules, so that it doesn't keep them from being broadcasted too. So, John, what's this? You're going to be traveling, man. I hear you're getting on the road. Uh, now, first off, before we even ask you where you're going, you're leaving the boss lady at home? Yeah, she's staying Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. She's letting you loose unsupervised in Europe. Oh shit, man! I'm oh, coming with him now. He's definitely letting oh. me loose unsupervised. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've got—it's one of those things. I've got one of those um, lineups of of actions to do that uh, it allows a little bit of time for some sleep, but not much. Otherwise, there's a lot of meetings. But it's great. We'll be going to the Frankfurt Book Fair, which is the biggest book show in the U.S. in the world. 
and then from there fly to uh, London for several meetings with the booksellers, uh, distributors that we work with, and um, several media outlets so that we can get. We've been growing quite a bit in UK, so we've had a lot of winners there. So we're working on how to build it more, and media is, it plays a big role in that. Yes, because they love us in the UK, and freaks. They love the other show in the UK, not this one. <laughs> they like the they like the one that comes on Wednesday the best. Uh, for some reason or another, I'm not sure why. No, guys, y'all, if y'all listen to me regularly, you know what shows on Wednesday. So Frankfurt, I know my wife was there because uh, she speaks German because she was a uh, military brat, so they were stationed over there for a while. And uh, so, you, man, you, I hear you're going to like it over there. Oh, you yeah, sure I'm, you're coming back, man? I'm com- I got something good to come back to. So I'm, gonna All right, I'm, to I'm just trusting that, you. That was a very good thing to say, John. That was <laughs> yes. a very John's, John's not stupid, thing. man. <laughs> John's not stupid. He knows a good thing when he's got it. For any future transgressions. Yeah. Carol Sue Weston. Wait, wait, what? Okay. Yes, he's, he's – well, where do you live? Oh, um, um, write it again because it went right out of my head right after you wrote it. You're in Stockholm. Oh, you're going to be in London, but you live in Stockholm. Okay. Uh, well, when he goes down the street, wave at him and stuff. Get some friends out there, do some cheering. Yeah, get to do you know get get a get a couple dozen you know young ladies get out there and cheer for him. Go, John, go. Yeah, man, he might get invented to the, might get invited to see the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the king's a dog, so. Um, yeah, 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 no, we're not going there anyway. Oh, anyway, no, because we're all excited because this is the 40th year of Rise of the Future. You've been with us for what five years, four yeah, years, five years, five years. Yeah, we were four years with the, the gay thing, but we I met you the year before, so five years. It's um, and we love people. And by the way, if you listen to the UK, you know, we love you over there. We lots of shows over there. We even got hosts from the UK, so. Um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's, I, I've been noticing though, you know, y'all have just been growing and, and getting out there, you know, last three or four years, five years, you've been really just, I think, I think when, once the vibe gets out there, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. Once the vibes out there, I think people just find you in different places. They kind of sense yeah. it or feel it. And now that there's way more venues to find it out there. It's easier to find. You say, hey, I've heard of these people. Yeah. And I just, we just finished a, uh, I just finished a live Q and a, with uh, Jody Lynn and I, our coordinating judge, yes. and we had people from all over the world on the uh, on the live Q and A asking questions about Riders of the Future and how to enter the contest and what about this and what about that. So that was really good. Uh, Jody, I, I love Jody to death. Yeah. Jody's hot people. Yes, she is. Ooh, man, you can't Be get careful, the John. One. Be careful. Uh, no, Joni. No, Joni's number three. Only. <laughs> we ain't gotta worry about that. <laughs> That's not gonna ever happen. Oh, uh, what was? What was? Who was? I just seen a question go by. What was it? Um, Marcus, really, really, it's really, really. That's the name you're gonna choose. So oh, John, I don't know. He, he's judge, like Germany. You're a judge. I never no. met you before. Ooh, he's you, the boss, can, man. Can uh, Can you tell me who you are? He's the boss. Yeah. So. I'm John Goodman. I'm the president president of Galaxy Press. Um, I was on um, worked at Bridge Publications back starting in 1986, and there we published all the fiction and nonfiction works of Alwyn Hubbard. Then in 2002, I was asked to come over and help start up a new imprint called Galaxy Press, where we only publish 
the fiction works of Elwin Hubbard. Between both publishing houses, we've also had this contest that was started in 1983 called Writers of the Future. And that's a, that's a competition uh, that was endowed by Elwin Hubbard. And even when he passed in 86, he put it in his will to continue endowing it. So it's a, it's a competition that now has entries from over 175 countries. Uh, we've had winners from 50 countries. Uh, we have some of the biggest names in science fiction and fantasy who are the judges of both the writer contest and art contest. And we've got, um, I guess, there's several thousand, there's multiple, there's a couple thousand entries every quarter to the contest. And it's, um, it's blind judge. So all the judges will see is the story or the art in a number. So it's truly a meritocracy so that if a person wins, it's because of only their, their work. So we have no idea where the people are from, what their nationality is, their age, their sex, anything. It's just we find out anything about them once the number gets transcribed and we find out who the name of the person is. So um, last year we had winners from nine countries. You know, it's just from all over. So that's what that's something that the, the winners are chosen by the judges. I don't do any choosing of, of that. I, I proofread and I do the final quality control in the book, but otherwise um, Mr. Hubbard pays for their flights coming wherever they are. One year, when the first year Joe came, we had three winners from Australia, so they're flown out. Yeah. They're put up for a week-long workshop. They're staying in a, a really nice uh, hotel yeah. in, in Hollywood, either the Lowe's Hotel or um, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that was we, the, and we have a really and a real fancy gala that we have um, at a Hollywood venue. Hollywood and, style, baby. Yeah, it's black tie, red carpet. Usually about twenty to thirty media come there to cover the winners. So it's it's a big deal. I just recently added up. I think we've got about three hundred and thirty me, individual media for the winners of of the last volume. So we wow. worked hard to get these guys, you know publicize and to help launch their careers so there you go that's my story thank and you, i'm brother. sticking I'm to hope, it i'm hoping i hope so Good. john thank you so much for your um, like um, i said he the boss he's the boss and uh yes man you don't only talk to the bosses come on you, you should know <laughs> that by now <laughs> well, the, the real boss isn't here she's She's no, handling. no, no. She's, 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 we're not going to go there in case she's listening, but <laughs> I got headphones on so that nobody else is hearing. They, um, <laughs> they, um, she's, um, Emily's great. Yeah. She's, she's the number two over there. So it's number one, number two, and number three. No, they all work hard. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. Everybody really works hard. That was actually, no, oh, I can't talk about that right now. I have to talk yeah, to we, you and we also that. just finished at the end of uh, September. We just finished. Uh, the fourth quarter of year 40. So now we're now started the contest for year 41. They, amazing. Um, no, y'all can't subscribe anymore. Remember when, uh, who was on just recently? We were telling y'all it was two days left. I forgot who it was. Um, who the hell was that? She was just on with us. Uh, you, oh, you that's said, Jody, wasn't it? No, I think that was Jody. Uh, Jody Lynn. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, she came on. Y'all had, they had, I think, like 20 hours left. That we were telling y'all, go sign up, go sign up, go um, submit, submit, submit. Y'all don't listen. So now you have to submit for 41. Here's a question from Carol Sanders. What, if any, controls are there to detect AI contest entries? We're talking about this a lot. Okay, if so. Go ahead. Yeah, so you got two, two situations here. One, writers, and right now 
the quality of, of AI writing is is so far from the level of, of winners for the contest. That hasn't been an issue yet. Um, there are people submit it. It's kind of silly because um, we also, people enter the contest are, you're trying to launch a career as a writer and we're, we're not interested. And they'd be seriously exposed and embarrassed when they came to the workshop and told to write something and they wouldn't be able to put together a sentence. So right now the quality of storytelling is with AI is such that it's nowhere close to uh, what you get from actual people that tell, that can write good stories. For art, if there's a question on it, um, what we do for, um, if there's a question that we ask for the layered files, because AI art won't have layered files in Photoshop. It'll yes, just it be, it'll be a flattened file. So oh, that's how thing. they find that. So if somebody comes in, um, I mean, it's getting better and better all the time, but you still have the problem with the fingers, uh, ears and stuff like that, which are are not very well defined yet with AI art. But the main thing, if the, if the judges have a question, say, okay, send us the layered files. And if there's no layered files, then it's it's AI art. Yes. I, I got to say, this, this is a question that ever since Jeff Weiner came on, it's been coming up regularly. We talk about it a lot. It's It's something that everybody wants to know. Uh, we were talking with a gentleman just recently that was talking about a, a contest out in New York. He said they were having problems with it. It's, it's going to be a yeah. problem, people. But it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere, guys. So, yeah, part yeah. of the thing for for Writers of the Future is that it's a competition for write. It's a writing contest, and so we've had one person that apparently couldn't create art, didn't know how to draw, who won the contest at earlier on before AI became a big deal, and. Um, at the workshop, when they did the various exercises, because they have live drawings that that person couldn't draw, they couldn't do the stuff. And they said, well, that's not my style. Well, that person's style was evidently using AI. That's not going to happen again. You know, so we saw what what happens when you have somebody like that. It's just, yeah, I, 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 I have one more question, Jeff. Yeah. Um, what do the workshops consist of? What I mean, sure. What, what is what are they? Okay, so it was originally started way back in 1985 by a guy named Algis Budras. He was a very famous um, editor from the uh, 60s and 70s, and he put together several um, um, essays based on essays that were written from Elron Hubbard in the thirties and forties that he wrote for writer's digest. And he was one of the most popular writers in the thirties and forties in the United States. And so he spent time, he was the president of the American fiction guild in New York. And he worked with writers on how to improve their, their skills. So he wrote several essays. Those have been adopted into a, a workshop that is now taught from Orson Scott card. He's the guy that wrote Ender's game. Uh, Tim Powers wrote um, Stranger Tides, which uh, was made into Pirates of the Caribbean. He's also a multiple World Fantasy Award winner. Uh, Jody Lynn Nye, um, she's the one I just finished the workshop with just now. Um, she's published like over 140 short stories, 50 novels. She teaches a lot of workshops. She's taught at universities on creative writing. So they go through not this is how you write a story. They go through their like their successful actions and what they've done. So if a person like like Kevin Anderson 
or Ron Hubbard or um, Dean Wesley Smith write a lot. They'll publish three, four, five. Dean Wesley Smith will publish 10, 12, 15 novels in a year. You got people that write really fast, high production writers. And you got somebody like um, Orson Scott Card, Tim Powers, who write a book in a year or two years. So you got that in as well. You got people that write hard sci-fi, people that write fantasy, epic fantasy, uh, comedy fantasy, comedy science fiction. So all these different things get put together. So we have uh, two or three instructors that do a week-long workshop. Uh, they're the senior instructors. Then we have all the judges. We have 30 judges for each contest. They'll come in. They'll do an hour to two-hour um, briefing on a certain aspect of, of writing speculative fiction so that the winners that are there, they can take whatever they want to and they can mix and choose and they can do stuff and ask questions however they want to. But at the opening session, you've got Tim Powers and Jody Lanai arguing, should you attend conventions? So they get, you know, all the different aspects. If it's not like this is how you do it, they get, here you go and you can choose for yourself what you want. And the same thing applies like with the illustrator contest, you've got, you know, some guys that only work computer, Photoshop, and you got other people like Larry um, Elmore, who did all the dragons, um, Dungeons and Dragons art, who does oil painting. So you got stuff in between. So they just they get whatever they want. And you've got some people that want to go into all types of art. So we want to provide whatever their interest is. We want to provide something for them that they can use to develop a career with. So if they want to go into storyboarding for movies or TV, if they want to do graphic novels, we do comics, they want to do games. We, we provide something for everybody. Oh, yeah, including cool. how to manage your money. Holy yeah. crap, man, that's a lot to do. It is a lot. It's pretty intense. And then we also have workshop, workshops are given on, on how to build a career as a writer and artist. So like what kind of contracts are good, what kind of contracts are bad, how much did you charge for your art, what's your, you know, all this type of stuff too, because you don't get that stuff in school. Right. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Yeah, I, I can tell you guys, there's, there's just, if if you get lucky and, and enough to win one of these, you're going to learn more in that seven, eight yeah. days than you will in <laughs> two years of college. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're going to learn from the best, from the pros. So, um, like I was just teasing about the finances, but you don't teach it. Um, I said, I sat there with Leslie Dean one day and then watched him, well, actually helped him, I guess we should say talk about what an S-Corp is versus a corporation versus sole proprietorship because several people there wanted to know. I guess they were getting in and making money. 
And yeah. we were laughing. We were laughing because really, truly, it's sole proprietorship until you make X amount of dollars, and then you can move on. Uh, then you can move up to you know an S corp, and then up from there. Or limited liability people depends what you're trying to do. But limited liability you don't really need when you're a writer. Uh, that's that's something else. That's in case you're, you're going to be bad like John. Yeah, unless you're writing farms people, but not not very often does it do that. Yeah. But, um, but then you got like Brandon Sanderson, who, I mean, he's probably the the most successful fantasy writer out there right now. He had that GoFundMe or that Kickstarter a couple of years ago during the pandemic where he got $42 million yeah. in, in his Kickstarter. And, and when I talked to him last year, he said he was like, yeah, he was like, he said, you know, the hardest part for it is now he's a, he's the CEO of his, of his corporation. He's got over 30 staff that work for him. And um, he said, I can only write three days a week now. That was that for him is the worst part of it is he can only write. He loves writing. That's his. That's, that's when you hire works. a manager and let them do it. So you he's go back got, to doing it. But he still has to. He still has to be the CEO and control. That's a lot yes. of money. Yes, because he's um, actually Carolyn, a bunch of us. Uh, um, so I get told all the time, you should let go more. You should let go more. You should let go more. Now, Michelle DeRoche manages the station, and my son's a full partner in the company now. So he's doing a lot of that stuff now. But still, I hear it all the time. You should let go. No, hell with that, man. I want my fingers in everything. I can't help it. I just can't help it. It's, it's one of them things. Um, no, I'll be 80. Reaching out of the grave, say, son, no, you got to do it like that. <laughs> but it's just the way it is. I like to be it. So, so where you where you stopping first when you when you hit off? So when you leaving? I leave next Sunday. Okay, so so I'm going to go to Frankfurt and I'll be there for about a week, and then I fly to London and I'll be there for like five days. And I, come I hear, I hear the one at Frankfurt is fabulous. It is. Um, you know, the UK is just the UK, so you're gonna. You know, I've never heard any any American that's had a bad time in the you're UK. You're going to the original home of the hot dog. I What's say we need that? we we need a, we need a king. We need a visit a royal visit while he's there, man. Go see yeah. the well, king. I, I, well, in the old days, I said we could use Harry, but not so much now. But um, <laughs> we, we ah, that's what we could do. Get little little what is it? Little Prince George had to send him some books, and um, see, get a visit. Well, you yeah. said one time that um, a couple of years ago now that what Harry was interested in writing is the future. He was. The, I, have, I actually future. haven't heard it. You know what? It's weird. I haven't. I haven't. The only thing I've heard about him lately is something about hair plugs, just stupid stuff. I mean, I haven't heard. And I know he's tried to write since then because I've seen attempts, and I mean attempts at writing. And I'm not even a pro, and I'm gonna call him attempts at writing. It's um, well, unfortunately for me, hanging out with these guys, you just learn a lot through just listening. Now I've had four years of these judges at courses. I mean, shit, I probably know as much as they do now. It's um, it's just it's it's. And you just pick up stuff. So when I'm listening to people talk, and that and nerds me out sometimes. I was, I was, I was. No, I'm not kidding. You. It was a quick story, y'all. So I, I stopped by Barnes and Nobles. I wanted to get the wife something. So and I can't talk relaxed. I don't want to hear me. But so I'm standing there, and these people they're just geeking out, and I'm, I'm listening. I know everything they're saying. I start, I start talking to them, and, and you know, and I wasn't dressed like this. I was in work clothes. So I look like I might rip your head off and, you know, do something <laughs> fierce to you. So there's no way they thought. So, so I look over and I start talking to him. And they're like, wow. You know, and then they start telling me, he said, well, you really know a lot about this. I said, yeah, I get to hang out with them writers of the future people every year. And I said, you, you just can't help yourself but learn something. 
And the, uh, I guess it was the assistant manager heard me and he's like, Oh, well we get books from them. I said, yeah, I think everybody gets books. I think he was hinting around about it. Like he wanted to, I said, I don't, I don't have any autograph books. I keep all mine. <laughs> not going anywhere. Cause sooner or later, one of these people are going to make it. And I'm going, nah, nah, I got your book right here. Um, yeah. Carol, Carolyn, now that you said it, um, I was going to plug it anyway. I don't know if you can see it. Let me grab the camera. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, man. What is this thing hooked to? Look, wait, man. I'm breaking stuff no. up and stuff. Damn. Oh. Got Laura Lee's so, face. So John, are you, John, are you an author? Do you write books, John? Yeah. I don't write books. I write press releases and I write articles. And then I've got the podcast I do every week, which yeah, yeah. I'm reading like a book a week to keep up with that because I interview authors. Okay. So, um, I had one guy. Now it's it's interesting because I'm I'm usually run six to ten weeks in the future because I get I get a lot of requests. Now can I be on the podcast? Because it's it's been doing better and better. So each episode gets like two million listens. Sweet. So with so um, at the last show I attended, I had one of the an author come up to me and uh, he he'd written me several times and he said, "Well, I'll be at Fanex." So he came to see me there in Salt Lake City at Fanex. Said, here's the book for you. You know, I really want to be on your podcast. So I finished reading his. <laughs> Jesus. Damn, dude. That is a chihuahua. <laughs> man. That's, little, that's the little demon herself, man. Yeah. Damn. He rolled his chair over or something. <laughs> but anyway, so um, so I got, he gave me a book. So I just finished reading it last night. So I'll be doing interviewing him. But I read all kinds of stuff now, which is what takes a lot of my time is just keeping up with the next interview. Okay. Yeah. So, so with all that, with all that stuff you're doing, all that work and, and extra time you're putting in, are you going to take any downtime in Frankfurt or London? Yeah. I eat lunch and breakfast every day. <laughs> but you're not going to go to it. You're not going to go sightseeing. I will. Um, I'll work out something to do. I always, I always do. I'll, I'll take like a half a day or, you know, um, leave extra early for the airport and just use that as a, as a way to see stuff. I'll, I'll make sure I get something and in London. I definitely will be doing, I, I love London. I will definitely be doing that London's quite a bit. Nice. London's a great place. Yeah, I'm lining, I'm lining up lots of meetings, meetings at various, what's your favorite fish and ships restaurant? Good. Let's go there for our meeting. Right. So I'll do stuff like that. Well, the best one, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, I was stationed in Scotland, Holy Rock, a little town called the noon. And the but honest to God, the best fish and chip place was a corner greasy spoon. Honestly, I to believe God. it. I believe they it. Had the best, they had the best fish and chips. Oh my god, the vinegar was awesome. But you yeah. know what was crazy about the Scottish people, especially um the one at this little greasy spoon? They used the deep fat fry pizzas. Mr. Really? Yeah. I never ate one. <laughs> that that sounds like a coronary artery, guys. If y'all can look, because I ain't playing with my camera anymore, because I keep ripping it out of stuff. This this set right <laughs> here was was Maliva uh, gave y'all a special discount on this set, so it's book thirty yeah. through thirty nine. If you get it, it's up here for a while. But if y'all get it, this is a ten book set. I got you. You don't have to know. You can't get it from me, but you can get it from GalaxyPress.com. Um, it just go over to the UPRN and just click through. There's a link there to take you through. It's only $125. It's five, It's 10 bucks. It was $180. Yeah. Uh, all I can tell you is to grab it while you can. I don't know how long she's going to do it for. 
That's uh, twelve fifty a book. Right? Really, we, yeah. Maliva is well. There's 159 yeah. stories in it, so it's not yeah. like you're not you're getting quite a lot yes. of stories. There's also quite a lot of tips in there about how to write, how to how to how to you know illustrator tips and author tips and stuff like that. So there's a lot of information in there. Beautiful artwork. Don't forget the artwork. Yes. Plus yeah. the yeah. box itself is really nice. I would yeah, pull it down. The box is really cool. I don't. Yeah. I don't want that. That box is a little squirmy, so I don't want. I don't want to pull it down. But I'll. I'll, I'll start putting. It's got pictures yeah, on we, all sides, cut. top, bottom, yeah. front, and yeah. back. And then we'll get pictures exactly. inside too. I mean, it's it's nice. It's a nice set. There's great stories in there. I've read all of these. So, and. Um, Oh, and speaking of this, I have a complaint. I'm telling you, book four needs to be listed as porn. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> not this. No, not these. Something else John gave me to listen to. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, book four. Yeah, Joe, Joe, I just got into book five. Regular porn, okay? Well, look, look, no, this this is serious. I'm telling y'all guys, this. I'm so John gave me something to listen to. I've been listening to it, and he can tell y'all the name if he wants. But Mission Earth is called Mission yeah, Earth. It's so satire. It's, I just got into book five, and uh, book four is just she got this poor guy strapped down. Well, I'm not even going to tell you why if you read it. Yeah, so, Sultan Gris is not a poor guy. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm going to get Carmen to bring what's his name back on because now I got something I can really talk to him about. I would Ooh, really like to talk Jim to him. Jim Eskimen? Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk to him about his uh, performance because it's. I'm going to wait till I get through it, but it's. Um, it's amazing. He's it a brilliant amazing. actor. I was surprised it's, looking at his resume how many movies and shows I've seen him where he's done a, a, a senator or a president or some oh, office. Shit person you know the office administrator it's amazing um yeah. he's, he's the rich little of this this decade i guess this yeah. century he um well i mean this particular character this guy is sleazy greasy i mean i can't even put it into words what this protagonist is and yeah it's his confession the story is his confession of what yeah, it, is, it is it so is but you see i didn't know that until what book four right that's a book four i found that book three i don't know it was one of those books up in there i'm saying books i'm listening to it on audio i'm not reading it. I just oh, so it. you do have audio books so this yeah. this this one's yeah. not available yet cool. so but, but when we've it, got you know, we've got the battlefield earth that he plays that's that's 47 hours long it's uh 80 or 67 actors one hundred fifty thousand sound effects it's, it won every major uh, audiobook award when we released yeah, it a few years ago. To it, just, just let me know and I'll, I'll hook you up with it. But, uh, but yeah, this one, like audiobooks, this one we'll definitely get it to you. Yeah. So Mission do I Earth call you Jack or I call you Sean? It's you Jack, can, on this show, call me Jack, but it's my Jack. real name is Sean. Sean okay. Kelly. <laughs> Jack Sean Kelly, man. He they wouldn't Jack. let me, would not let me use my name. Because it was Sean and you had Jay and Joe. Yeah, so that's they, right. It's Jack. It, it's Jack. Uh, I got. I had. You know, somebody well, wrote to me Joe's day before idea. yesterday. Yeah, it was. Exactly. Joe's idea. So, so the other day, somebody writes to me said, "I didn't know Sean's real name was Jack." I said, "Oh yeah, his real name is Jack." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Well, he don't say that on his show." I said, "Well, it's a secret. That's why it's only on our show." You, you sure? I said, "Yeah, his real name is Jack." I forgot he was listening. They were laughing their asses off. I was like, no, um, no, that's Mr. Goodwin. And uh, where you live, if you, well, if you live in Frankfurt, just show up at the thing and you might see him walking around or talking to somebody. Yes. No, don't, don't walk up and talk to him. No. Uh -uh. He might put oh. some Kung Fu in your ass. You better just be careful. Why are you talking about your boss like that, Joe? Actually, he ain't, I'm his boss. What are you talking about? He's on my network. <laughs> you you crack it up, man. <laughs> he's uh, 
What's that, Jimmy? No, John is a great guy. He 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 is the the real boss of Galaxy Press. Emily's number two. He's number one. I just like to give him shit because Emily is like the whirlwind from hell. Uh, oh yeah, she's like remember them old tops. You know when we were kids, remember them tops? You would just take him. That's Emily, buddy. That's Emily. It's like one of them Tasmanian devils. I'm telling you, y'all just don't know. Um, no, it's great to watch them. And, and uh, I would I would film them, but they would never let me put it up. So, no, they wouldn't. No, because there's too many things that, you know, there's just secrets that you need to know when you're there. Uh, well, maybe secrets the wrong word, but there's things that you need to know when you win and get there. It would be a better way of saying it. Well, if you ever notice when I talk about the classes, I only talk about so much because really uh, the rest of it, you need to win and be there. I yeah. love talking about the 24-hour book. I can't help myself because that shit is just too funny, man. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just, these, these people, you, you see their face when they come out, you know, and they're like, it's just like, it's more like 24 hours, huh? And I know some of them are like, Whoosh, and they're done with other ones. Matter of fact, who was I talking to just recently? Um, Steve Parisi, he's like, he's like, yeah, I wrote it, came back, tore it up, wrote it again, tore it up <laughs> two hours before I went out and wrote it again. <laughs> It's like, oh shit! Well, yeah, guys, part, part of the part of the workshop is you do the first two days of the workshop, which is really intensive, and then they're sent off. They're given twenty four hours to write a story, and part of the beginning workshop is you're given three basic prompts. One is uh, Tim Powers walks around with a with a bag and gives them each just a total simple item, like here's a marble, here's a broken uh, compass, here's that type of thing. And then uh, there, we used they used to go out in the street and meet a stranger. That's not done now since since the pandemic. So they meet each other and just get to know each other. And then the third thing is they learn how to research. They used to go to a library that might go back into again um, now that we're getting on the other side of the pandemic. But um, the libraries have become havens for other people just hanging around there. So they're learning how to do research in a, on Google, you know, on, mm -hmm. on the web. And then they use those three things to put together and they write a story. They have 24 hours to write a story and submit it. And then um, three stories are chosen and they workshop that. So that they're passing around to everybody, they read them, and then they go in there and everybody critiques them. And uh, pretty much one for one, the stories over the next year or two will be sold professionally. They're that yeah. good. They're, they're amazed that they could write a story that good in 24 hours. It is really, it is amazing. And um, I remember Tim Powers one year asked me, he says, we were, at, I think we went to Roosevelt because at a lobby, he goes, uh, he goes, go get some pictures. So I said, all right. So I got down there because the way it was set up with the mezzanine, mezzanine uh, you could get up on top and look down and nobody could really see you. And the camera zooms in pretty good. So I'm just snapping pictures, snapping pictures, snapping. Then I come down. I come down because I want them to see me taking them so they know they've been had pictures of. Them. And I was like, God damn. And I'm showing him some of these faces were like just fear. <laughs> it was great. I couldn't post those really because it wouldn't have been fair to the, the, the winners, but they were good. It's an ordeal for some of them to be able to do that. But when they get the other side of it, they're just, it. They're, they're so, they're so proud of themselves. It's a really good thing too. It's like one of the things that, probably any artist any probably does is is confidence but also is something called imposter syndrome you know like what am i doing here i don't belong here i'm not mm. good enough and this helps to build up that confidence where they realize they really do have that touch that ability to do it so mm -hmm. it's it's really empowering the whole workshop 
Hmm. I gotta I'm say, never going to write a book. You're working. I'm never going. I'm uh, never going to write a book. No. I don't know why you know all kinds of stuff about the paranormal. That I could do, but I now. Do. here. To be honest with you, um, I speak in double negatives all the time. That's really how I know how to talk and write down. Um, but it's like I need a ghostwriter. Somebody. Well, there's to plenty of them story. too. Yeah, there's plenty are. of them around. But the, the whole to speak with reality to you then is one of these writers is someone that can't not write. So there you go. There's your double negative. No, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I, that's my whole vocabulary. You know, yeah. every, every girl, and, and and I get I get yelled at because of that because of my double yeah. negatives. But that's something that's that speaks that really rings true for that for a, a writer and artist like I can't not paint, I can't not write, I can't not, you know, okay. ex, you know, express their muse. It's, it's it's in them that since they were we we ones. We ones. Yeah. But I, I'd love to get a go because I, I have so much I've been investigating the paranormal for over 30 years. I've had the Pittsburgh Paranormal Society since 2006, but I retired from it. You know what I mean? I'm doing radio now on Joe's programs and stuff. But um, I have so many stories that I could actually put down, you know. And it'd be easy. It'd be easy to get you somebody that could ghostwrite for you. Yeah. Okay. There's some if good ones out there. Too. Yeah. It's, uh, Are they expensive? Uh, are they expensive? There's there's different levels. You know, if you get somebody that does, I mean, there's people that will write the books for, you know, ex-presidents and stuff like that. They're more expensive than the guys that ghostwrite, you know, um, Bill's Beanery's expedition, you know. Okay. Well, I've met a few, too, that are willing to um, work for a percentage. So i got somebody who's been bugging me to write some for me, but... I've actually been getting a little, I don't know. It's this thing when it's finally finished, it's going to be about 175,000 words. I think it's currently sitting at 65,000. So um, I am today almost day five in this, this experience that I'm writing about. This thing is just huge. I have, and, but because of this gentleman and some of the people I met there, it's actually a lot easier. Before there were certain things I couldn't even grasp. I didn't know how to flow things a certain way. I, I didn't know what filler, how to use filler correctly, or even how to find filler for that matter. You know, what, what was this? And I've listened to enough of them now. So I'll sit there when I'm, when I'm stuck on something, I'll just flash back to when I had maybe something Jody said or something, 10 said or something, something uh, Dean said or something. Um, McCaffrey said, I, it just, I'm not McCaffrey. I'm, what's his name in Las Vegas? Um, well, that's Dean Wesley Smith in Las Vegas. No, no, no. The, um, his his mama was a famous writer. Oh, yeah, that's that's Todd McCaffrey. Yeah, Todd McCaffrey, yeah. yeah. You know, and I'll just, sometimes it, it'll just, oh, oh, okay, I remember them saying that to somebody in the class. And then it'll, it'll unstick me where I'm at. I, I, look, guys, from, from, from experience, all I can tell you, if I can learn to even get five freaking words down, y'all are missing out. Yeah, we also have that, that we also have that on, that free online workshop too that we offer. Yes, yes. You think that if you go to risethefuture.com, uh, we have a free rise of the future workshop. It's about thirteen videos that we did. They're excellent, Orson, actually. Yeah, Orson Scott Card, Tim Powers, and uh, David Farland, going over different parts of how to write a story. You know, Rainy, how to start a story, I, I, how to. Uh, 
No, I, I was just telling Rainy. No, I took the course. The only thing I hadn't completed was you got to write a story. And I was like, no, I'm refusing to. It's like a kid thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's because of the other good one. That's why. We're not mentioning no names. We're just saying the other good one. That's all. Uh, yes. The yeah. Evil she's, one, the one, yes. she's the one that created the course. She created the yes. course. It's um, We're talking about Emily Goodwin, guys. So in case y'all didn't know. VP yeah. over it. At, we, got at, over, we got over 7,000 people in that course. Wow. So, um, yeah. Well, no, I mean, if, if y'all, it, all right, people, if y'all happen to see John walking around wherever, he is approachable. Just don't, you know, don't, I know he looks like a rock star to y'all, but just don't get stupid, you know? No, because he's a busy man. He's, he's there. He's actually working. Yes. It's, it's not so much a vacation. It's more of a work trip. So I'm sure he wouldn't mind somebody saying hi to him. No, I'm no, sure I love that. You know, if you see him somewhere, just, you know, he's there going to be. No, they're just they're there working. That's all it is to it. Especially if you can so, take him to the best uh, fish and chips place. <laughs> exactly. If you can mm. recommend a good fish and chips place, yes. I look forward to seeing, meeting you. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, wonder where, <laughs> I wonder where Atreides is. Oh, I'm going to have to find Atreides. This guy, is he's a, he's a chef. He was a chef. No, he's uh this guy Atreides was a chef in uh, London. Oh, I thought you were talking about the book Atreides by Frank Herbert. No, no, he's um oh I know, I know. This 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 guy was a fabulous cook. And uh he was he was working at some of the top restaurants in London. I wonder but he said his favorite dish was fish and chips. He'd go home and make some greasy ass fish and chips. He's yes. still got him on That's the way to go, know. dude. So that he actually hard. He actually got his boss to let him put it on the menu. He was a good seller, from what I understand. Except oh, yeah. the difference. Except the difference was instead of being like six pounds or nine pounds, it was like thirty pounds <laughs> for the same thing. You could go to a restaurant. Honest yeah. to God, man. I mean, that was that was my like meals over in Scotland. Yeah, fish and chips, man. Yeah, I I don't yeah. like it super heavy breaded. I like it just. Lightly, but it's just, I love the cod there. Fresh cod is so good. Oh my chips. god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sorry, I'm from Louisiana, man. That I, I eat real fish, <laughs> I eat that fake ass shit. I eat real, fish. Ain't no I fake eat red fish, fish that's man. Not, that's not good. Yeah, if, if, if it don't have oil on it, it no. ain't fish. I, right? I, I eat red fish, I eat speckled trout, <laughs> I eat real fish. I'm just oh, that's, no, 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 y'all are not down there, they're covered in crude oil. They don't have no, crude oil around where I live. Yeah. Um, if, you don't, if, you, if you don't line them up to being a heart attack material, then it's, then it's not they, Cajun no, food. Actually, exactly. see, see down yeah. here, so redfish are usually cooked. They're usually baked or broiled on a grill. And uh, they'll come down the middle and they'll fill them with all kind of great stuff. And then they'll throw a little sauce in there and let them cook with a little butter and garlic. They're really, really good. And the meat is really flaky. Speckled trout's different. You use a little milk batter, very thin batter. Because uh, it's a very delicate fish, and it's a really good fish. I don't I catch know how to eat and trout, you know what? Jay. I catch him out of my backyard. Oh no, green trout and bass are different. Now we cook them differently. It's uh, but these are a different type of fish. Uh, or rainbow trout. What's, also a, what's a green trout? I don't even know. I, don't I never heard of green that. trout. Is a smallmouth bass. Trout. It's a it's a smallmouth bass. Is all this? They just call them oh. green trout down here. Jeez. But it's all it is is a smallmouth bass. But uh, two of the biggest bass ever caught in the country were caught. Not far from where I live. It's uh they they just they got some but the biggest one I ever caught in the world wasn't even our damn country. Uh I think it was yeah. in Mexico. <laughs> Unless something's changed, but I think that's where it was last time. 
No, I, I like bass. Bass is a good fish too. I like what yeah, I like. It's a good, good. trout almondine is what I really like. Oh my uh, god. Man, look, man. Throw it on you the freaking. Okay, grow. let's let's take it back to we were last doing well. We were it's talking about fish and with chips some and in duck London. On the side, fish and chips in London. Yeah. Okay. Now we've got you're the rest out, of you're the out, menu you're going out, number, here. You're out number three to one. Oh, no, man. No, I'm sorry. No. I just, I'm, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the food hour. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we were talking about all kind of good foods. I mean, that, I, I like reading uh, authors that, that are chefs. I like reading their books, you know. Yeah. Um, with my – uh, and, and I'm not making no excuses. <laughs> I'm not making excuses for me, but I do have that ADHD. Okay. So I'll start reading a book at the beginning. I might get 12 pages and then I'll step to the middle and then I'll skip to the end. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> I, I only do that if it's really, really, really boring. When I read a novel, I go to the last sentence always. That's I read my the last does. sentence first of any book I read. And then I, and I start at the front. And I'm like, and I'm trying to imagine as I'm reading it. How do I get to that last sentence? You want to say something? That that sounds like work, man. I, I want I want. <laughs> no, I, I I like the fact that I can listen. It's way easier for me. I, I like listening too, Joe. I, it's it's uh, I like right now. I'm it. listening to missionaries driving back and forth to work, so I, I can catch it and listen to it. It's a good listen. Uh, you know, I catch about an hour, twenty minute ride each direction, so it's it's interesting to do it. Yes. So I just. I'm going to be gone for like two minutes. I just, I just finished that two hour workshop and then went right into this. So, um, go, go get us, go get, go get something good, man. We'll <laughs> we got, we got you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We got you covered. Oh man. Anyway, guys and girls, that was John Goodwin. He'll be back in a few minutes. I like mm -hmm. him. He's a very cool. He's, dude. he's a nice guy, man. He's, very he's, nice. He's, yeah. He's a, really. I mean, he is, I, I, I'm enjoying his uh, conversation. Um, Dax, it, no, I, I've been knowing John for about five years now. Yeah, Dad, he's a, he's a good guy. I like to give him shit, but he's a, he's a good guy. No, hey Joe, the one ever... I like to pick on the most is his wife, Emily. She yeah. can't help it. She's she's just pickable. Yes, <laughs> some people are more pickable than others, and she just happens to be one of those people. I'm no, sure she's, she's good. Hearing too. you say that right now, Joe. that's okay. If she knows she was, she'd be saying something back. She couldn't resist herself. She <laughs> had to say something. It's uh, no, I like her. She's a good person. Hey, Joe, All of everybody I've met over there so far is a really good group of people. Have you ever eaten walleye? Yeah, actually, I have. That is it's, uh, good tasting fish, man. I've, I've eaten most fish in the United States because, you know, what we don't have down here, somebody usually has in a restaurant or something. So uh, we'll see some Yankee, some some Yankee fish. I like how you wrote that. Yankee, Yankee. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> no, I did. That wasn't me. There was somebody testing the message board test that said Yankee, Yankee fish when I looked Yankee up. Yankee fish, my Some of that oh, Yankee had it. No. <laughs> that's not, look, people, that's not why we call them Yankees. Y'all know why we call them Yankees. Why do you call them Yankees? Oh, we can't tell y'all because y'all are Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I was born in. I was born in Maryland. It's the well, you see, shame on you. You should know. Um, no, people. No. Anyway, we're moving on from these conversations. Um, I like to talk about food. I should do a food show, but it would drive me crazy, and I'd gain 500 pounds, and I'd have to. I would have to invite Emily. I mean, Amelia on because she's oh, the number yeah. one food. She is the number one food tease on the whole internet. Yes, oh my god, is. yes. Don't get on her food list. All you can be thinking about is food all the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She is. She she's she's evil. 
Oh no, she's evil. She likes she likes to send you all kind of good looking. And not we're not just talking dessert. She's talking food, food, man. I'm like, stop it. Good Italian food. Very good. Yes, Italian good, food. good, solid food. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure on my Facebook I have a recent uh, recipe I, I discovered and I made a few uh, weeks ago uh, for shepherd's pie. Oh, what do you use? What do you use? Lamb. Good man. You use lamb. I like to use ground meat though, but lamb is the. Is, is ground? Yeah, it was ground lamb. Yeah. Ground lamb, yeah. But on our shepherd's pie, we we do the ground meat because my mom don't like lamb. And then we do a uh, beef broth in there with some peas, then yeah. mashed potatoes peas, on top carrots. of that. Yeah. All right, now, all right, enough of that crap. Let's see. Yeah. Joe Biden. Joe Biden stumbles through pre-written note cards as he forgets the Pacific. What, what, he forgot hmm? the Pacific. How do you forget the biggest ocean on the planet? I don't know. Oh, wait. We got to talk about this one for sure. Evidence proves one of the most impactful events in history was a lie. Do y'all know what this is? The moon landing? Yeah. So this cracks me up. So the boots they found, they said, well, uh, Neil Armstrong's didn't have grooves in them, like the ones they showed on the landing on the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. So now everybody's running around saying the moon landing wasn't real because the boots that Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon with, they did, and they did, they had grooves across it. These boots have these little round circles in the bottom of them. And they're definitely not the same boots. So I was talking to a group the other day, and they're, they're like, see, Joe, we told you, because they got a bunch of these people who would think we didn't go to the moon there. See, we told you it's the, it's the boots. I said, well, let me ask you a question then. I said, you know the moon landers are up on the moon right now, and you can see them. They're like, what do you, you mean? I said, oh, yeah. 10X or better well, you don't have to do that because U.S., Russia, and China, and India all have satellites that orbit have, that have taken pictures of them. So you can go to their sites and see the moon landers for yourself. And the other question I asked right after that is, I said, and why would India, China, and Russia lie for us? If those yeah. landers weren't there, this why would they lie? Oh, see, they're not there. The Americans were lying. I said, more than likely, some stupid person at NASA put the wrong boots there. I said, that's probably more like the truth. I said, but hey, you can believe whatever you want. We live in a free country. I hate people like that. Holy Uh, shit. Holy crap. Well, John John is actually Neil Armstrong. He's just being reincarnated. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all didn't know that, did y'all? See, I know stuff. Then why Uh, isn't it called Apollo Press? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Whoa. oh there we go. Oh, there we go. Find now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Filipina, Filipina refrigious. I'm saying that wrong. I'm sure refrigious. Okay, close enough. I'll be back. Um, okay. Who? Um. Oh, okay. No, no, we ain't going there. Sorry, you can't ask that question. Go to another one. Did, did you see that article I sent you about yeah. about the moon? Oh, which one? No, I don't know. Did I? They finally came to a conclusion of what the center. Oh, of the yeah, I did. <laughs> I did see it. Yeah. <laughs> I did see like it. we didn't already know. But I did like how it started out with green cheese. I thought that was good. Yeah. It's, um, it's classic buffoonery right there. No, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be in Frankfurt styling around. He always looks good when he's walking around, taking care of business. Uh oh, I don't know. You're gonna be doing any panels while you're in Frankfurt? No, I've got. Um, I'll be attending some. Just I'm doing that to just learn more about what's happening. Publishing's changing a lot right now, especially yeah. with AI. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll be attending panels and um, just trying to learn stuff. And I've got a lot of meetings. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, 
just trying to keep up with what's happening on the international scene. And, and with the pandemic happening, a lot of lines, things change, you know, people yeah. change on position. So I just need to make new relationships. It's a good time to be doing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that was funny, Steph. Steph said, you're not worried about being nuked while you're in the UK. You know, Medivive said he was going to nuke London. So you better be careful while you're over there. It's uh no, he actually said he would nuke London if, if, if the Brits put ground boots on the ground in the U in uh, the Ukraine and the prime minister said they're putting wow. boots on the ground in the Ukraine. So no, not to fight to train. Yes. But Medivy said they would use special tactical nuke against the ones in the Ukraine and a special tactical nuke on London. If they did it, I don't believe he will, but I didn't hear yeah, Putin we- say that. So that so would ruin sure my John fish and chips. That's not okay. That's not cool. It's not cool. If somebody messes with my fish and chips, I'll be pissed. That, that's you not okay. Have, well, yeah. you can hijack it to Ireland and get some shepherd's pie. Yes. No, I went fish and chips in the UK, in London. Uh, okay. <laughs> Actually, y- y'all stop talking about food. Y'all making me damn hungry now. I'm going to have to go find something to eat while we lie. You that's, started uh, talking about KFC. Yeah, but we're supposed to have moved on for that now. Uh, who is and for guy? anybody that doesn't know, we're in Writers of Future. We started year 41 now. So we want entries for the writers in the Illustrator Contest. So you submit your submit your stories or your art. What do you mean? What, you mean, ooh, excuse me. Y'all want to know what my favorite story is in each one of these and my favorite artwork? No, that would take half the show. Or what's <laughs> left of the show, actually. I actually know because, well, okay, so... This one, this one, this one, and this one, and this one, I have been there when they did these books. I mean, I was part of what was going on there. These, uh, actually, John had given me, I think, all the way to, well, I bought some, and he gave me some. So anyway, it was to book 26, and that's as far as I've gotten backwards on them. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. The quality of the writing is about the same. and What I mean by that is it's PG-13. Yep. So the stories. You're not going to hear, you know, you're not going to read nasty language. There's not going to be nasty sex. You're not going to be blowing up guts and killing all over the place. But yet the stories, and I promise you this, the stories will still be entertaining. It actually, for me, it was kind of a flashback to when I was a kid and I was watching all them TV shows my mom used to watch out of the 40s and 50s that were just, you know, or even some of the ones that when I was growing up, like the Cleavers and shit, there was just, you know, there was a sense of humor there that didn't involve anything bad or nasty and these embody the same thing it's one of the things i like it's one of the things i like about them is they that's how they do because that's risque you know keeping yourself to just this type of story especially when you go to sell them on open market and um they seem to do well i mean the stories are good you're gonna enjoy so i guarantee you and it's, it's more than that so like this set we were talking it's 159 stories separate individual stories you don't volumes. think you're not gonna yeah, you don't think you're not going to like one of them? I guarantee you can like four more than one of them. Yeah. And and what's nice about this is it's multiple genres. So no, I'm going to let John take you down the genre thing. But So in this 10-volume set we got up here, how many genres do you think this represents? It's um, The overall umbrella is called speculative fiction. So that breaks in, starts off with science fiction fantasy. But that breaks down into uh, epic fantasy um, humorous fantasy. You've got um, pulp fiction. Uh, I mean, you've got. Um, I guess I just finished going a whole thing on this, where people ask, "What can you submit?" Yeah. 
And so with the <laughs> F- fantasy, yeah, you, you've got, yeah, it's like the old hard science fiction, uh, light science fiction. You've got uh, humorous science fiction and fantasy. The like uh, steampunk, which was a big thing maybe 10 years ago. It started maybe half a dozen years before that with Rise of the Future. That's the stories were being submitted. And then it became, you know, so it, it tends to, because these aren't known authors, but they're the, they're the who the judges select as the as the best new writers, best new voices of science fiction and fantasy. You'll usually see as they build their careers, five or six years later, that will be what you start reading in in bookstores, which you'll find in bookstores. What these guys start mm-hmm. off with, so it's pretty cool how that works like that. But it's basically it's anything that's creative. You got storylines. You got man meaning the the broad term man. Uh, versus man, man versus machine, uh, man versus um, the environment. Yeah. And that you can then build out. So, um, so what's it called? Um, I think Jody, I think it was Jody that told me she liked this. Uh, or was it somebody else? Now I can't remember. But anyway, uh, when you're when you're doing like right now or, or barely in the future, it's like, it's, oh, hell, I well, can't remember. Well, so you got near future science fiction. And that's, um, so that's like a lot of mainstream writers will write near future science fiction, but they won't call it science fiction. That's like what, um, um, like the Andromeda strain that was written as like near future. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, who was the military? Um, I just went blank on his name. He's, he wrote the, um, he got endorsed by president, um, What's that? No. Um, he died uh, several years ago, but he wrote stuff about military military fiction. Uh, but the science fiction, it was all using technology that wasn't out there, but it was it was de- being developed. So that's all uh, science fiction, but they'll call it mainstream. Because I know um, we were, oh, oh, damn, I can't remember who I was talking to. And my memory's going to, hmm, I'm going to see what it's going to. It's um, so we were talking about this because I was asking things about like expanse would that can be considered uh, near near time because you know basically it's just a short period in the future and uh, we were talking about um, there's a couple of them we were talking about I think we was talking with Jody Lynn about this matter of fact I was because I was really surprised and how much she likes sci-fi and stuff I said oh, damn we're gonna have to be better friends man because <laughs> she was into a lot of stuff that I liked yeah and um, so. But I, I do kind of like that that near now because it's 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 like Babylon Five is 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 barely in the future. It's just how humans would be politically in the mm-hmm. future from now. It's yeah, it's um, stuff well, like that. I like because it's really close to the future. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah five five years ahead of us. It's uh, but a lot of this stuff I'm talking about would probably be less than a hundred years ahead of us. It's uh, I, I like it for some reason. I don't, I don't know exactly why. It's just one of those things I like. It's. Uh, what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about, Carolyn? What, what, reading what? No, I'm not reading. Look, I got to read enough schematic and stuff for work. I don't want to <laughs> read anything that that's going to make my brain go back and forth. I'd rather hear it, and then at least it can find its place where it needs to go. Well, it's like listening to what I listening to the Mission Earth. There's a lot of stuff in this. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, to where I'm at right now. I don't know. I was listening to the actor list yesterday morning. There's, there's a lot of actors. There's a lot of sound effect, a lot of actors, a lot of good acting going on in there. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of subtle stuff going on that you have to pay attention to. Uh, there's just little things here. 
Like, I'm not sure about his girlfriend yet. I'm still Who, Jero's, Jero's girlfriend? No, no, not, 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 oh. not Countess Crack. Um, what's his name's girlfriend? Uh, Sultan Greece's girlfriend oh. <laughs> or whatever she is. And people, the guy, never mind, we're not going to go there. But anyway, he got enhanced and we'll leave it at that. I'm telling you, this this last book should be the last half of the book should be porn. I'm just telling y'all, it's uh, it was, it was a lot of it was funny as hell. I'm not gonna lie, it's uh, it's some of the funny. stuff that you go through. It's it, yeah. it, 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 it's it's so far it's been really good. Like I said, the first book's a little slow because you they gotta kind of you gotta get to kind of know who the hell Salt and Grease is because you need to know who this freaky guy is, and then of course you got to know who Jet is and stuff like that. But anyway. Uh, all of that stuff you'll find. Yeah, you'll, you'll get to learn get who all that. those people are. Yeah. But anyway, um, right now, well, they were in some of them New York, some of them in, in Turkey. But And see, they move around all over our planet. And it, it doesn't start on our planet. It starts somewhere else. And then they come to our planet. Because Mission Earth is a mission to keep Earth from destroying yeah. itself. So, it's satire. So it's yeah. it's being controlled by this. Uh, they just can't believe that a planet would allow itself to be controlled by one person. And it's in the... <laughs> In the book, it's a guy named Rocket Center, yes. and, uh, and and he plays he plays closely to a lot of, I guess we'll say famous people. Uh, it it depends where you want to put the era of this, yeah. Uh, where where you're looking to, because it's up to you what age you want to put this in. Was it here, here, here? Well, there is one giveaway because they do mention the population of the planet one time. So so far, I mean, I'm only like I said, I'm just starting book five, so there's just no telling what else is coming up. But uh, so that kind of gives you an idea of what timing this is. And, of course, some of the stuff that Salt and Grease kind of gives you an idea because that shit would not go over today, man. <laughs> He'd be socially corrected right out of the planet. Oh, my God. Anyway, y'all just got to when you when you can read the book. Now, we gave away a whole case last year, by the way. Um, we gave away so a lot yeah. of books last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But y'all can listen. And ooh, excuse me. We're going to give away some more this year, but um, I don't know when it's going to be available for audio. You'll have to ask the boss about that. But so far, I've been enjoying it. it and it's not its not a short story. This isn't something you can just sit down. And, I mean, if you read it, you can probably read it pretty quick, maybe. If the you, audio book's 122 hours long. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you got to dedicate yourself to it. I'm, Almost I'll be, 300 actors. Yeah. I'll be, yeah. I'll be just, just for going 39 or is that for all 10? That's for all 10 of, of the, no, that's yeah. not those. That's, that's just for the uh, mission earth. He's talking about. Yeah. For, for volume 39, we have, we have three voices. We had Jim Meskman, his wife, Tamara Meskman and daughter um, Taylor Meskman all recorded those three stories. Yeah. So this, this would actually have to be like a trilogy if it ever went to movie world uh, or, or something. But anyway, um, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but because I can only give you all so much unless you buy the book, but there's, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's just a lot going on. And even when it doesn't feel like there's anything going on, there's still some shit going on. Like, I have to say this. So he had two of these little kids' faces made up. <laughs> like stars from, what, the 50s, 40s? Yeah. I was like, I was like, come on, really? And then then the woman, anyway, y'all got to read it yourself. Oh, man. Anyway, it, it, it's fun. It's fun to read. He's constantly bugging people and shit. I mean, not like bugging them, aggravating, putting bugs in them and stuff. So he's watching what's going <laughs> on. And and uh, the general guy spent, I think, the first two books in a whorehouse. So that was interesting in itself. It's, um, Who wrote it's, this? Who wrote this? L. Ron Hubbard wrote this. And uh, so far, so far, it's been most interesting is all I can tell you. 
I mean, when it released originally in 19, the first book released in, in October 1985, all 10 books were New York Times bestsellers when it came out. Yeah, it's, yeah, he, it's a, it's a fun story. all over the TV in the 80s. I mean, every other week there was a new book coming out by him. It yeah. Seemed. He's got a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, well, guys, when it, when the audio tape comes out, I mean, audio tape, there's no tape anymore, but when the audio comes out, y'all, I'm sure y'all be able to get your hands on it. Yeah. Oh, no, when, when John releases, I'll be promoing it because I'm, I'm enjoying the story. I don't know how it ends. I haven't got there yet. And if you read the book, don't tell me. Okay, I don't want to know. It's uh, I've been driving along because I was surprised the other day when he said he was um, in jail. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened here? What did I miss? Yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> the whole thing starts where he's it's his confession that led up to his end up in jail. So that's that's the beginning of the thing. It's like this is my confession, you know. And he's he's writing this for for so they don't just immediately kill him. Because he was, as you're seeing, he's he's a he's not a nice person. No, he's not. And in his times, and I'm sure this is going to happen more often, where they don't think the planet he's on exists. <laughs> it's just what is it, Blitzo three two or something? Blitzo P three. Yeah, P three. What's it's, their uh, name for Earth? Yeah. Uh, yes, and then there's other stuff going on, and there's ships coming and going, and so there's just a lot of action in this. And, you gotta be that's why, that's why I wanted to talk to that one gal from uh, Afyon, Turkey, because that's where it takes. That's the that's yeah, the that's where it's at. Where and you when you said that, or I checked on the on the internet, said that that's one of the the most reported areas of UFOs is in Turkey. I thought, okay, that yeah, was she, you know she's weird too because she never returned my uh, text, and I know she was doing a tour over there because. Um, I think it was Daryl Sims was going over there. So I don't know. Maybe she's preoccupied. Usually, though, she um, returns my text. I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, I just wanted to kind of give a heads up that you might text her. But uh, we're talking about you. Um, oh, God. I forgot her name now. Uh, Yvonne. Oh, man. No, it's called not Yvonne Smith. Yeah, it old. is called OH. Uh, no, it's called. It's called. Actually, my doctor said stop overtaxing my brain and stop putting bullshit yeah. in it. I don't need. And I'm like, Doc, it's Eat not a hard fruit. drive. Because <laughs> I said, give me some drugs. And he said, you don't need no drugs. Because she, 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 she did some kind of test. She said, your brain's fine. I said, no, it's not. She said, yeah, it is. She said, you got too much shit in there. And I was like, well, thank you, Doc. There's only that's one just how, No, that's just how she said it, too. I was like. Oh, in those cases, there's only one true test of a of, of scientific test that says you have a solid brain. This is this is the test right here. Yes, I passed. That's right. That's right. I didn't even know that. I'm telling you, John. Sean's going to shave his head. I have learned so much from these gentlemen right here. Um, I've learned something new. I didn't know this damn thing tells me I got a solid brain and shit. Come on, dude. Why do you think all the abbots have this part exposed? All this is always bare on you know bishops and abbots. This is where the smart parts are. That's probably where the aliens shaved my head. And it might be when they probe me out right there in the, uh, front of the head. Yeah. Actually, no, no I, Sally, I, he's on. He's on uh, Monday at four. Yeah, you can catch him at four o'clock on Mondays. Tuesday, I mean, everything's archived. You can eight, catch buddy. it. He's on Tuesday at eight. He's on Friday at seven. So it's Friday at seven, Tuesday at eight, Monday at four, and then wherever the hell I happen to be at when I'm around. Uh, well, I haven't been doing as many shows as I usually. I've been busy. Mm, it's called making a living, people. If y'all been donate more money to station, I wouldn't have to do all this other stuff. I'm just <laughs> saying, man. 
Um, be sure y'all go out and get one of these. Uh, I'd like y'all to buy a couple of these. They're, they're nice and make great Christmas presents, uh, especially if you've got kids. See, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to bring home sets like these. You know, God knows, and be all kinds of stories in them and stuff. And I would love that. I'd get in and start reading them. Actually, I was yeah, a we, big we reader. We sold quite a few. We sold quite a few of those at uh, in uh, Salt Lake City at Fanex. And yeah. parents says, "My kid's getting into reading. What do you recommend?" So they got those because these are. Those are good for middle school on up. So that yeah. we sold we sold multiple sets of those for from parents when it for their kids. Yeah, I, I've been telling people I said they're great. They're great sets. People you know enjoy them, use them, read them, and don't forget. I mean, as kids grow up, you can keep them for your kids, give them to somebody in your family, or just keep them yeah, around on the show so in case you want to read kids. them again. Well, I mean, a lot of these. Get, these yeah. And John, you got you got ten volumes there and 159 stories. So what does that break down to? About 15, 16 stories per book. Yeah. And then, and then how about yeah. what about the artwork? How many? How much artwork are we talking? Because some of that artwork is fantastic stuff. Yeah, each story has its own uh, illustration. Several, so more than one books. at least, right? Yeah. So your 159 stories is 159 pieces of art. I'm telling you what the art wow. is. The art is yeah. great, man. The art is beautiful. I'm it's. Um, I know. Uh, I've pulled these books out before and showed you. There's a, there's a lot of artwork in there. Well, when Tom Wood was on just uh, last week, we, we we had some of the artwork put out. Of course, we talked a lot yeah. about the float too last week. So yeah. And uh, yeah. so we, we 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 got into that a lot. But uh, well, he did the cover, guys. That's who we were talking about. Yeah, he did the cover of this one. Oh, y'all gonna make me mm -hmm. cool with that? He did the fire dragon. That was really cool. I don't have one already. Here, I, I got one here. Yeah, there oh, we go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he he did Fire the cover. North. Exactly. How do I re reverse it? This is this is backwards. Oh, I see it. Uh, it's normal. It's coming normal on ours. You can also hit mirror my camera. Yeah, but it's it's, it's normal on ours, so that's all. Okay, matters. good. All right, good. Yes, yeah, so that's the painting that Tom Wood did. That's yeah. Our, that's awesome art. He was a cold dude. He's yeah, yeah Tom's, Tom's a good guy. He's Looks a lot of like fun you, to talk John. to. You're a good dude, man. He's uh, thank you. Yes, yeah, no, Tom's a nice guy. Uh, no, e Echo Chernick is the boss when it comes to uh, the Art. illustrators. Yes, you know, she's the coordinating judge for the illustrator contest. She's the queen bee, buddy. Just know that ahead of time. If y'all win as an artist, she's the queen bee. I'm just, I'm just telling <laughs> you, don't mess with her either. Just, mm, 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 Who's mm, that, mm. Joe? Who's that? She's been on the show before, uh, Echo Chernick. She's uh, her husband was just on not too long, long ago. Lazarus Black was on with us. Uh, he has a new book out, which somewhere is not around me at the moment. But she is the boss. What I mean by that is she is very pointed in the way she deals with stuff. But that's not her personality. That's just how she is with the people. Can you see that here? No, that's not. That's uh, blurred out as know. soon as you got up too close. Wait, wait. Oh no. It's uh, but anyway, y'all can find her. She's she's yeah. done several archives with me, and she's a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of stuff. We we look at a lot of her naughty artwork, by the way. So y'all might want to go check that out. Matter of fact, we were doing hers and we we were doing hers and Larry Elmore's. Well, I'm not the one painting naughty artwork. What are you talking? Blaming on me? Yeah, you're the uh, one's having fun with it. Well, no, they they requested, so we talk about it. It's because uh, well, Echo and I. The first time she came on, we were going to actually do the show on that, and then I don't know what happened. We got into something else, and we started looking through our artworks, and we never got to it. So we started it out with this one, and she knows her and Larry both know I'm a freak about oils. I just like oils. I, I don't know, maybe it's the way I grew up because we we didn't have any non oils in our house. Every picture hanging on our wall was even even the little ones were oils. 
and uh, my mom, I guess, was a bigger freak about it too. And my dad, somebody was. I don't know which which one it was, but every every picture hanging around our house was an oil. And I got used to seeing it, but more so, I got used to feeling them. And uh, you know, what do you mean? I can't afford to put oils in my house, man. My, have you seen the pictures of the pictures on my walls? Oh God, no! I'd have to sell the house. <laughs> You know what the humidity down in the bayou does to an oil painting? Oh, man. I mean, we got beautiful pictures on our walls, but no, we don't have, um, we have painted pictures, but they're canvas pictures. They're not, they're not the same as oils. Uh, well, we do have, uh, well, we do have a magnolia oil in the house. Yeah. So it's a, in this office, all there is, is, is the stuff behind me. And then other walls are all old stuff from different places. Yes. Cause I use different parts of the studio from time to time. Uh, John said, "Y'all can stop and buy him some fish and chips, man. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't get him no ranky, greasy shit either. Come on, y'all. I yeah. know y'all know the good places. And uh, a proper yeah. twenty ounce pint, none of this sixteen ounce American crap. Last That's time, he, last time he seen me, I put five pounds on his butt, put ten on his <laughs> wife's. She 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 probably had to go work out for a week. Um, no, man. Yeah, you took us to that. What was that? What was that pastry place you took us to that has the?" Oh, the big haze. I took, I took him, yeah, I took him the yeah. morning call. And uh, morning call is just some some French pastries is all it is. Be square dough. Throw some powder sugar on it, eat them. No, the good stuff was that Drago's and that Impostato's. Uh, uh, and uh, that's where the good food is. No, no, the really good food is downtown at like the Quarter Two Sisters or Antoine's where all the vampires live and stuff like that. According to Anne Rice, Antoine's is the same owner over the last 150 years. And if you walk down the aisle with all the pictures of different owners, they all look the same. They all look about the same age, and they all look the same. Yeah, so she says it's all the same person. He just changes IDs from time to time. That's you know, what do I know about vampires? I don't go down there chasing them. I leave them suckers alone. You know, we'll send John down there. And John and Jack can go vampire chasing. You <laughs> forget that. Oh man. I want well, to no, interview one. I want to interview one, Joe. Well, he's going to be in Europe. You know, there's vampires over there in Europe. It's I'd vampire the country, yeah. New Orleans. Yes. I'd rather do uh, in New Orleans. No, I can get you. Oh, I don't know if I still can, but I, I might be able to get you an interview with a vampire in New Orleans. You sure, know what? I'll ask. Like, um, look on our thing. Her name is uh, Aline Pistanio, and uh, she knows some vampires down here and some necromancers and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't like them people, so. I've been to Vampire Ball, and uh, so Anne Rice's ball. I, I don't know if they're going to do it anymore. She's gone. Yeah, so I will have to find out. When I was in college but, in Savannah, we had a vampire. He was a, he was a really neat dude. He, he worked in the Seven Eleven in downtown Savannah, Georgia, during the day, and then when the store or whenever his shift was over, eleven o'clock, ten o'clock at night, he dressed up like a proper vampire and walked around the streets all night long. Oh Lord, he probably yeah. get mugged down here. Um, <laughs> they probably would. What do you mean? What What are you talking about? Oh, you talking? So you from the UK? You, oh, you're from London. So you, what are you talking about? Pubs have the best fish and chips. Well, you know, down here, a lot of the the bars have really good food. See, in Louisiana, it's 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 against law for them to serve alcohol if they don't serve food anymore. So on Sunday, uh, yeah, on any day, you can't. You got to have food. Oh, really? All, uh, yeah, it's the bars have to have it's food. It's on Sunday. In order for the bar to be open on Sunday, they have to serve fifty percent or more of their ticket every Sunday of food yeah, or they so, can't sell beer. So you, usually what would happen about 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 a.m. to and on, people would just be filtering through getting something to eat. 
Oh, yeah, they had a place called Gino's Speakeasy. They had the best poop I ever freaking ate. Probably because I was drunk every time I ate one. <laughs> um, no. Um, if no, anybody knows I, a place by Picket, I'll be, I'll be around Piccadilly Station area. So if there's, there if, anybody knows, if anybody knows a good fish and chips place, because I'm scheduling some meetings. And uh, if anybody knows any good there, let me know. There you go. Oh, I didn't even realize what I typed up there. Happy, crazy Canadian thanks grieving. Oh, I hate auto. Thanks grieving. Yeah, I saw that earlier. I was like, what I hate auto correct. <laughs> I really do hate auto correct. That's why I hate it. Um, you mean what I'm writing? Oh no, I'm, I'm writing something about something that went on in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Jesus, forty years ago. Mm -hmm. I'll, 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 fin that. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it eventually because I want to torture his wife. That's why I'll finish it eventually. <laughs> It's uh now John, whenever you see books that are in bookstores, right? Yeah, and you say, I know that guy, or I you know what I mean. How does it make you feel when you see uh, what writers of the future, these guys that you and ladies mm -hmm. that you just worked with and see their books out there in like in Noble's books or whatever? What is how, how does that feel? It it feels good because it's what we're doing with it with this competition is really seeding the future of science fiction and fantasy and it's a lot of work goes into it a lot of the staff here work a lot to make this go they do you know too. and and um what's what's good is the actual result is when you see these people actually have their success and like uh there's a guy named patrick rothfuss that his first book came out hit new york times <clears throat> and he said in there in the intro of his first book, I can honestly say I would not be where I am right now without Writers of the Future. So we've got people like him, um, Orson Scott Card, and his book on writing says, Enter Writers of the Future. We've now made that that cut in people because it's been 40 years. Um, it's, a, it's a real sense of accomplishment that I feel for what Mr. Hubbard set out to do and then what we're at the office are doing to create for a a future of science fiction and fantasy because it's because it's middle school it's we tend to go towards not a, a pessimistic but an optimistic future you know it's like yeah. if it is something that's dystopian it's a very clear lesson of what we don't want to have happen right. you know so yeah it's a morality play yeah yeah so it's so we have something here so that the guy can learn better. He can do better. Things can come out okay, even when it's all looks darkest. You can still pull it off. And sometimes there's just fun stories, like Jody likes writing her her humor science fiction. But it's really good at like conventions when I walk around and I'll see people that I know say hello to them. They come by and say hello. Say I won volume seven. I was volume this, and now that because we got this acceptance for the contest, we've got the owners of the conventions getting us more spaces that's for free that we can use to invite the winners to come there and sign books. It's just, it's, it just shows a sign of, of the competition continuing to grow and the acceptance. So I really like that a lot. That's awesome. Now, yeah. Yeah. I'm another aspect you can, you can consider is the fact that where we are technologically, uh, some of the stuff that's coming out in these books isn't going to be science fiction. Eventually it's going to be science fact. And, yeah, you know, think yeah. about it. If we're like Star Trek era or Star Wars era, who nobody really wants to read, you know, a historical 
OK Corral history. They don't want to read about the, the Western times. They want to they need something that's current. So, I mean, we're, we're, it's, it's, at some point, it's going to be current events. Science yeah. fiction will be current events. So, OK. Now, I like what you said about the OK. Get the, uh, the movie, the OK Corral, right? Write the book, OK Corral. And, and just take it from the way it was written, but put it scientific, you know, science fiction. Science fiction? Yeah. Mm -hmm. now, who's done that? Star Trek did that. Star, Star Trek, Trek did that. that. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek definitely did that. And it's just, <clears throat> it's, um, you got this, uh, this movie that made a little bit of money a couple of years ago with these blue people, you know? And, oh, yes. um, Avatar. Avatar. Yep. You got Avatar. It's, it's, it was, it's a Western. You know, they just took a Western yeah. and they made it. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys and Indians. So, yeah. so yeah, the That's, Nabu were the were the Indians and these and the, the Cowboys were these Bonnie yeah. Rabisi and all those guys coming in that yeah. were trying to attack them. So I'm a people listeners, these guys probably already know this, but for y'all listeners, so there's a little secret about Star Trek, the original series. It was a Western. Matter of fact, the guy who wrote it, Gene Roddenberry, just before he started writing Star Trek, was writing country and westerns. Um, yeah, so basically that's what. And when you when you really pay attention to Star Trek, right. that's what it is. It teaches Joe, a lesson. Got right now. So in the original series, they, they did say it was like they, they wanted to. Uh, Gene Rimer said it was like a wagon train to the stars, and they used to yes. have these things called phaser guns, and uh, they had this special suede uh, holster that they put them on. And it was made to look like a oh my cowboy. God. Well, it's, it's not really that well, but this you ever you guys remember this from the show? I remember. Yeah, Rick wore this around his belt with a phaser and a communicator on it. It was made to look like the old fast draw rigs that the cowboys wore. Well, he had he had fairly decent success with with writing with that. All right. Yeah, man. he was pretty good. I got the time it is. I, I can't keep John up real late. Emily will hurt me. Well, that's early. But did, here's here's yeah. a piece of fact too. Like yeah. um, westerns were originally called horse operas. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, I did not know that. That I was did horse, not either. Those are horse operas. And when space opera started, it was a takeoff because it was westerns put into space. So it was called space opera. So if you look up oh. horse opera, well, that's 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 exactly what uh, Serenity is. So. Yeah, and uh, uh, Serenity very Western. All the yeah. guns are slung low on the hip. Um, if Jackie, you look at the Serenity. Whole, the, 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 yeah. the, they're they're both they're they're spaceship. If you look at it from the side, it looks like a horse. It does. I never even paid attention. Jackie's no Serenity. It's there's a movie it, and there's twelve it. episodes. It looks like a horse from the side. Yeah, it's got four legs, pods, and like a launch pad on front. Of it. It's it's a horse. Yeah, it, it got it got canceled in its first season. The movie's not bad, uh, and there is there is twelve. See, I think it's twelve episodes. Either twelve, fourteen, but uh, it's, thirteen it's, episodes, but only ten made it to air. Three never made it on air. So you can go watch them and, and check them out. It, it's a fun. Matter of fact, the guy who was thing went into Newcastle was his next series and uh, did really well with it. So, Nathan Fillion. So, yeah, so he did well with it, and yes. Oh, it's Quantum Leap, so we can put John in Quantum Leap. I think John would make a better actor than the guy that got in it now. Jesus, this guy is he's, he's, he's all right. Well, you're well, he's not he's not old enough for the part. Dude. 
Well, no, he's not old enough for the part. He just, he just he's needs going to, to put be. you in the penthouse next time you go out there for the part. Yes. No, he did. He's 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 rough on me, people. He treats me harsh when I'm out there. Y'all just don't know. Oh, hell no, <laughs> man. He makes me work and shit. Uh, Poor guy. He no, I'm not the one that does that. That's no, uh, I know it's not him either. The last time it was last the time before last it was Sarah, and then Sarah again, and then oh, I can't think of his name right now. And he put me to work, and then I got to watch him leave, but she'll put your ass to work too. And uh, well, they workaholics. That's why. Oh yeah, the whole bunch of them are. If you win and you get out there, you'll you'll find it. Unless you're like a Hollywood star and you're intending you need to write to Mr. Goodwin. That's a whole different <laughs> thing. But the other, other way you're getting out of there is to win. Uh, they got a good group of people. Everybody I've, I've, I've worked with or talked to over there is good people. Well, it doesn't matter which group they're out of. Um, they're, they're just good people. Plus, so far I've asked a lot of impertinent questions. <laughs> and... Um, most nobody, nobody, nobody from the group that works. I'm, I'm talking about the, the people who work, not the winners, not the judges. Uh, so far, none of them have backed down from a question. And you know, I can be in, a pain in the ass sometimes when I ask questions. Uh, Janice, no, I ask them hard questions. I, I don't have to now because I harassed them the first two years. But um, I'm just saying. I've done a lot of investigation work in my time, and usually when I walk into something like this and I start asking question questions off the cuff, out of the blue, something you're not expecting, most people will hem and haw or pause. It'll be like, I'll say, uh, well, how old are you? And they're like, um, well, now you notice this is a question that should come right out of their mouth because it's simple. How old are you? You should be saying I'm 35. Um, but that's not how it is. So in this case, it didn't matter what I asked, whether it was what – Galaxy Press to Arthur Services, they they answered the question and they weren't being coached. Nobody was around with them. No, nobody was chaperoning or anything like that. Because um, I just walk up, <laughs> poor Maliva, I just walk up in the middle of them and just start asking questions. <laughs> they be like, damn, don't you have to stop? <laughs> and uh, hey, you always got to be asking questions. Well, I met you originally through Jimmy Mars. Yeah. He was, we, oh, I miss he was, him too. he was one of our spokespeople. He was a spokesperson for Battlefield Earth. Uh, he did I a lot of him. media for us. He wrote articles for us. He was, you know, he, he loved Aaron Hubbard's writing. Oh, he yeah. read, read his stuff when he was growing up as a kid in the pulps. And then when he read Battlefield Earth, he said that was just awesome. He did a whole thing on that. So he became our national spokesperson for Battlefield Earth when we came out with the campaign in 2016. Yeah, that's I, how I, I met you. Yeah. 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 I miss him. I wish he was still around. Yeah. Uh, Chris, he's talking about Jim Mars. He's, he said Jimmy, yeah. So, but yeah, it's Jim Mars is who he's talking about. The renowned ufologist, yes. Jim Mars was a great. Jim Mars was just not a ufologist. Him and I talk politics. Matter of fact, he wrote the, um, oh, that's he, not Century. Um, it was about the Kennedy assassination. Anyway. Yeah, he wrote that book, which the movie was made from. Yeah, so him and I got into an in-depth discussion. And Jim and I policies aren't that far apart on on politics, so. Um, we got into this book. I mean, we got into this, and, and this was insane how much information was in here. I mean, it was just insane. Jim was one of the researchers that he just couldn't leave nothing uncovered. And um, and a lot, we worked on joint projects together and other stuff, and he just, you asked him to do something, it was done. I just miss him because, I, you know, it's rare to find people like that to work with, and, and he's just, you know, well, it's, he's passed now, but. He was a hell of a researcher. He was a hell yeah. of a guy all the way around, and he was a yeah. good writer. He was, he was just he was just fun to deal with. No, oh, I'm sure he, he aggravated some because we got together one night and decided 
who was a good ufologist, who was the bad one. So I'm sure we pissed people off for, oh man, I have no doubt we hacked some people off. Well, no, he wasn't scared. That's one of the reasons I liked him. He wasn't He wasn't scared to write what he was going to write. He wasn't scared to say what he was going to say. And he wasn't going to back down from his opinions. And it's one of the reasons I liked him. Whether we agreed or disagreed, because sometimes we disagreed, he wasn't going to back down from his opinions. It's one of the things I liked about the guy. Uh, we had many heated discussions on the radio. Many. Yes. Yes. I told him, you're going to get probed by an alien if you don't stop. That's how I... <laughs> So anyway, but he's a good guy. So yeah, yeah. If you don't, there's lots. Of, we've done lots of of um, or I mean, lots of archives with him, lots of shows. So you, but not just us. He was he was on anybody who was doing that kind of radio. You could probably find an interview with him. Yes, but that's how I met you. Was originally been, I the first show I did with you was when I came on talking about because he had just passed. So I was going around because I'd spent quite some time with him the last couple of months, and we were actually working with him to try to handle his health and. uh we had him coming to specialists in Los Angeles and setting him up for to get through. And he was making headway in one, and then he got hit with something else, and just boom went, you know. And that was it. That was but, it, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because somebody had asked me they wanted to buy. I have his last two shows. I've got this unique thing. Um, we've got on the network about fifty shows that are people's last shows they've ever done, and uh, it's, I kind of got the feeling sometimes like well, maybe we were a freaking jinx or something. Um, what's his name from the Queen Mary? We got his last two shows. We had Jim Moore's last two shows. We got pretty, we got Stanton Freeman's last two shows. It's just, it was just because we were doing so many shows. I guess we just, I don't want to call it lucky, uh, but we end up getting their last words, which is interesting. I keep them. Uh, I actually keep those shows off the archives. And yes, uh, Johnny, they're actually for sale. Well, right now they're not, but they will be again. They will be on the Roku system for sale in about a month. Yes, you can get them there. And the Travis Walton set, the five set that usually is up for sale, it'll be up for Roku on sale too. You'll be able to get it. Did he pass? No, 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 no. He's no, around. No, He's around. no oh, we okay. just, we had done about 10 years ago, um, somehow or another, he got booked across five really good hosts. And, uh, and you know, some of the you know, really <laughs> good ufologist hosts, and I don't know how it happened. So we had a meeting to discuss, to make sure none of us asked him any question that he'd been asked before and no questions that we were asking in the interview. So I did the last interview to make it fair to the other four hosts because I was going to find questions anyway. And um, it, those were really good shows. I mean, he was he was floored. I mean, he just no one had talked to him like that before. No one had asked those kind of questions. He didn't know what to think. I mean, when we got in the last interview and I said, did you know there was somebody else in the mountain with you that night? Did you ever stop and think they were actually looking for you? It wasn't an accident. He liked to fell out the freaking chair. He, he didn't even know how to deal with it. He was kind of like, and we, we got into some in-depth stuff. And he was like, I just, because we found out there was an FBI agent on the hill that night when all this happened. And, and then when I started asking him questions about, Oh, when you seen the two people in the suit, were they telepathic or were they speaking? He said they were speaking. And I asked him a couple of more questions. I said, you know, that sounds like somebody from the CDC doing uh, cleanup control, seeing if there's any contaminants or anything like that. And he said he got the distinct feeling that that's what it was. So, And remember, people, if you have watched the movie Find the Sky, only about 40% of the movie is accurate. Yes, the rest of it's not. So. Yeah, and you know what was something about that movie with him was that he really didn't like the way it was 
No, he didn't. You know, film, he hated it. because yeah, But it was nothing he could do about it. That's what happens when you sell your rights to movies and stuff. They they wanted to make it exciting, so they added in stuff that, you know, wouldn't be there. John was yeah, in that one, too. We on, on John's show the other night. Yes, yep. I know. Yeah, no, Janine, John was in the movie. Yes. He was the guy dragging him down the hallway, you know, the thing with the big alien head and shit. That was him. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Costume. All right. Maybe it was Emily, but still. That's it. No, I don't pick on Emily anymore. I gave her a sword. I got to be nice to her, man. Exactly. You better be nice I to her. I get cut up. Uh, was it mm-hmm. uh, who we got up here? Frankfurt, 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 Frankfurt. Yeah, y'all all right. Frankfurt, no questions. Uh, Rinzi, Rinzi, who? That looks a lot like Leah. So, who are you, and what question do you have? Oh, okay, then that's cool. You just your name looked. Anyway, we're not going to go there, but your name looks suspicious. Uh, what? <laughs> no, it just did. I'm sorry. Uh, there's nothing you need to know about, but it just looks suspicious. Um, oh, okay. Well, I don't know. They were asking how long is the flight going into Frankfurt from here. From well, he's flying from Cali. Like Fourteen yeah. hours. I think it's. I think it's. Um, it might be that. Thirteen. Because I know Linda yeah. looked up the flight to China. It's like eighteen, and um, that's that's. 18? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know no, where she looks. It, it's only a twelve-hour flight because Paul left from San Francisco. Well, no, no, that's what I said. I don't know where she is because China's a big country. So was it Beijing? Was it Hong Kong? Was it Singapore? It all depends what part of the country you were in to how long it's going to take. It's like the U.S. I mean, it's what, six hours, four hours across our country. So it depends where you're at when you fly. Hey, Emily. Um, no. I, what do you mean a mug? Oh, a pint. I, I'm sorry. It didn't make sense when you first posted it up there. No, he, no, he only drinks high-dollar liquor, people. You better have some some. You better no. I'm serious. No. You better have some of that Van Winkle out when you see John. Do you drink Guinness, John? I do. Okay. I also, you know the I, also I also I also like wheat beer too. Good. Um, you ever tried the cider over there? I have not. Oh my god, it, it, it's pretty decent. Not a lot of alcohol in it, but it's very very good. But, I'm um, not that big on having to have alcohol these days, so that'd be uh, okay. good. If yeah. you do a uh, Guinness. My experience was if it's room temperature, it's really good. The Van Winkle, $5,000 a shot. That's what the man wants. I'm, I'm going to get these people trained. Yeah, John, it takes a little effort. takes a little effort, you know. And, and it's, Sean, it's, on, it's, on the Guinness. He, he said he would like a manicure while he's waiting on his shot, too. <laughs> on, on the Guinness front, Sean, that room temperature uh, advice is really relative because in a pub like in Ireland, the room temperature of the pub is probably like 32 degrees. All together over there. <laughs> My people are from down south in Galway and shit, you know. So yeah. it's kind of one down there, right? It's, Not um, up on the northern part of freaking Ireland, you know. I actually know, guys, I'm I'm on this this whatchamacallit kick, this whiskey sour kick. Yeah, that, that girl was, in that, that girl was, Atlanta who made that one for me—that is the best whiskey sour I've ever had. Yo, I wish I could get how she made. Whiskey sours was back in the seventies, my friend. I like whiskey sour. I, I can do what the hell I want. The, the, key, the key is in the the pricking the white white whiskey and making your own simple syrup. 
If well, you, if, if okay, mix, so if I hate to get into this subject. It, it's too sweet, then you have to make your own. Well, I don't know. I've had several. I had a couple when I was out in L.A. One was for 50 bucks. I like they had a heart attack. Um, then somehow I got it for free, so we're not going to go there. Tom and them were with me. They were laughing their asses. <laughs> and um, anyway, I don't know. People know. So, all right, real fast. So I'm sitting there. We, we went. We were at the Roosevelt. We went to go see. Um, we walked in. And there was a burlesque show going on. So we stopped. I'm with a bunch of uh, illustrator judges. Of course, they're going to stop and look. I mean, there's no doubt. So we stopped and looking. So I ordered a drink. I said, I want a whiskey sour. She comes by. She says, 50 bucks. So I set my card down on the bar. And I said, you know, I really feel like I should get something extra with this drink. I didn't say anything bad or nasty. And uh, I could have liked the Peter, so she was laughing so hard. Anyway, I said, uh, I said, okay, well, it's right there when you're ready for it. And then it sat there for like 20 minutes while we were watching. So I picked it up, put it back in my pocket. Never charged me for it. And uh, it, was, it was a good drink. But the one in Atlanta, I don't know how this girl made it. Because the other girl made me one. It was nasty compared to the one the blackhead chick made. It was just good. I mean, it had it wasn't too sweet. It wasn't too sour. It had some kind of red shit in it, which I thought was grenadine or something. But uh, it was good. And I wish, I, I hope I can find some more like that. And, and that's a good drink. And no, I don't want the big round ice cubes or the big square ice cubes. I want regular freaking ice cubes, people. Damn. That's John's fault, too. Uh-huh. Everything's being blamed on John tonight. Yes. Well, um, as long as they enter the contest, I'm fine. I'll take all the blame. Right. Just, just enter the contest. Enter and win. Don't just yeah, enter and win. Just enter. <laughs> Can't win um, if you don't enter. No. You, so, you know, we went through this a couple of weeks ago. I forgot who was on. There's nothing. I, there's no way I can help you. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for you. It's not like I can go up and bribe anybody or anything like that. No. No, it's not going to happen. Now, can anybody come off the street, John, and just sit down and somehow, is there... Say like me, if I decided to go to the writers of the future convention, is there anything for me to do there while you're working with the other artists and no. illustrators? No, it's a it's a close event, and even now, even more so with we've got the biggest names, like I said, in science fiction and fantasy that are there as judges. So yes, they we're, are. we're always we're always really good with security. We're in Hollywood, so it's also for all the quote unquote glamour it's also the land of nuts and fruits you know so you've got yeah you've there's got, a lot of those around we're really, we're really keen on security okay yeah, no i told you you have to win to be part now you can go see them at you know dragon con or fanix and they've always got a lot of writers there with them or illustrators yeah. there so uh, a lot of the people who have won or passed winners sometimes will be at there and a lot of times like jody and then she was there she wasn't there with them she was there with herself but i mean you can catch a lot of them and there's a lot of them around so then you can see them all you want but this yeah. no they don't don't they give me hell about even talking about it too much oh yeah every now and then joni will smack me in the back of the head you know i heard that back i'm like joni come on you know i'm your favorite back there's another slap um but they it's it's only fair because I, I like to pick on it a little bit because if someone listens and they hear it gives them an idea of what they might expect and it may even make them want to do it a little bit more because we don't, it's not like it's hard. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Yeah. Um, if you win and you get to go, they're going to bust your ass the entire time you're there. But you're going to, I can't stress to you the amount of information you're going to leave with. If you're an author or an illustrator, this is the place you want to be. Get that. Uh, you open your mouth and a fire hose gets stuck yeah, to it. It's, it's yeah. just, it's just these people are serious. Um, 
They're very nice. The judges put up with all kind of shenanigans. Um, shit, they invite you to lunch and shit. I, I'm just, you're just not going to get this kind of treatment with these kind of names anywhere else. No, I mean everybody who was there that I've I've met all got credits to them. A couple of them even got movies to their credit. So it's you know these are just not people you're just going to wander into walking down the street, and they're not going to be willing to help you either. Here they're willing to help you. Yep. You know, and they're you know they're gifted, talented individuals, um, and they don't mind you bugging them. I'd already been saying, leave me alone, people. Jesus, yeah, you know. No, y'all know I'll put it with anything because I do conferences. But it's um, no, they're real nice and and like at the barbecue, everybody gets together and chit chats. There's a lot of talking gets going on there. There's a lot of talking all the time. We do our live it's, show as well. You yes, know, you've seen that the live yeah. a live theater production. In fact, just this last weekend, Emily and I were at a um, at a um, film festival and. Um, there we were there with with the CEO of, of the Edgar Rice Burroughs Foundation, and I met several of the of his grandchildren, Edgar Rice Burroughs' grandchildren. It's in Tarzana, which is named after Tarzan, which is that was a big uh, property mm, that uh, Edgar Rice that Edgar Rice Burroughs owned. But um, also, one of the presenters was Bruce Broxleitner, who's been he you'll recognize him. He's he Babylon was Five. Yeah, he was Captain Babylon Five, and he was in Tron. His main duty in the first yeah, Tron, he was in Tron. reprised in the second Tron. So he's also in several of our shows. So we talked to him about coming back, and he said, "I love those things." So him, along with Marty Cove, Martin Cove, the guy from Cobra Kai, and yeah, from, yes. uh, Karate Kid. So he's done a lot of the shows too. So we're hopefully we'll be able to get them to come back uh, next April when we have our awards weekend, help perform in the uh, in the show, and. and Bruce said, "Well, if I'm not rec- if I'm not filming then, yeah, I'd love to come there. So hopefully that'll happen." Yeah, wasn't Bruce married to one of the little house in the Perry Perry? Yeah, not, not anymore, but he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew I, I knew they would split, but yeah, he was in Tron. He was in both Trons. Yeah, yeah, and he was, he's uh, just he's got come he's got a western coming out this fall, the western series that he starred in. But his wife's a total sweetheart. She was she was just they're both just he was so happy. She was so happy. It was it was now, great. Well, who's the, the the Johnny Depp wannabe guy? Oh man, I liked him. Him and his wife were really nice. Um, he took over for him when he was on um, the TV series. Damn, I like. See, this is bullshit with this name stuff, man. I was never good with names to start off with. I mean, no, in all, in all fairness, I was never good with names, faces, yes, names. But um, no, he he even dressed like Johnny Depp. He came. I seen him two years there. He's got the tall blonde wife. He took over Johnny Depp when he left. What was it? Nine hundred two one zero, whatever hell series it was. Twenty one Jump oh, Street, probably. Yeah. He, um, oh. you introduced me to him. <laughs> Johnson, what introduced me to him? Uh, it's I can't. Is it one I of the Delawees boys? Dom yes, but he looked just like Johnny Depp. I mean, he looked just no, like. No, him. no, no. He don't look like Johnny Depp. No. Oh no, the guy he introduced me to looked just like him. Uh, he was all decked out like him when he came to the gala event. Um, cause I, I kind of, when I first caught him getting out the limo, I said, is that Johnny? And I was like, nah. And I said, well, that's not Amber Turd. So no, I'm, in, in, <laughs> in the nineties, in, in the nineties in, in our college, <laughs> I looked like Johnny say. Depp cause I was starving, skinny and drunk. Oh, <laughs> I remember those days. And you too. had hair too, right? <laughs> and I had a lot, I did. I had a lot of hair back then. <laughs> no, yes. I remember them skinny days. That was, that was a long time ago. So we're not going to well, talk about that. I'm at 255 right now, so. Whoa. 
got waited 195 at the urgent care the other day. That was wonderful. 289 here. What was that? Uh, 289. I'd gotten up to 270, and then I said, the hell with this, man. I got to get some weight off of me. I have I have expensive clothes. It's bitches have to you gotta keep buying clothes because you keep getting fat. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Um, what was it, Denise? No, he's talking about Bruce Boxleder from Babylon. Yeah, that's who he was talking about. Bruce, yeah. I ran into Bruce at two different conferences. He was really nice both times. Um, I mean, I didn't like hero worship. I, mean, I am a big fan of Babylon, but I didn't hero worship. I'm a fan of Tron too, but it's um, it's. I liked Babylon because it was more like how we're going to be in the future. It's matter of fact, pretty close to how we're going to treat aliens and shit. It's going to be anyway. We're not going to go there. It's a whole nother show. But we were just talking about. I like I like near future science fiction. I just do it. I, it, it 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 gives me a sense of what might be coming in near time. You know, like when I was used to watch stuff as a kid, there was a lot of stuff that is actually come to be now it's stuff technologies we use stuff we got i mean yes we're missing like flying cars and my george jetson car is still not here and i'm still pissed about that but other things have come to pass and uh, i mean everybody owns a 70 inch tv in their house I mean, you get your own damn entertainment system now you don't even need to go to a freaking movie anymore um no there's just a lot of stuff that, that's come come to be um it's submit all, look it's galaxypress.com if you want to buy something Writersofthefuture.com if you want to. Um, yeah, he gives me a dollar. He gives me a dollar every time I say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I do know the address is writersofthefuture.com and galaxypress.com. Yes. And you can submit or you can buy or you can do both. But I suggest you go to uprn.com and buy this one right here and get the discount, people. Get the discount. Besides, you'll make me some brownie points with Maliva. She's tough, people. Y'all just don't know. Jesus. That girl is tough. No, she's a sweetheart. No, she really is. I mean, I really like Maliva. She's she's a workaholic too. All of them are. She took me two years to learn her damn name. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. I'm being serious. Oh no, no, they all like to have strange names over there. Yeah, John's pretty name. Pretty yes, strange. John, John's got a really strange name. And Emily, oh my, my, my god, full that's name like is John. Name. I just go by my first initial. <laughs> really, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you didn't see her tonight, but she's with him a lot. Emily's, uh, Emily's his wife. Yeah, I like to pick on her, but that's that's she's she's number two over there. And she, uh, like I said earlier, she's like she, like I said when she's like the top you pull and spins. That's her, man. That girl. Yeah, she's she's actually next to me, but she's uh, working on the submission for the next budget for. Yeah, thank God she can't hear because I'd be in trouble. Um, you definitely would be. <laughs> I stay in trouble with her. No, again, guys, you can't. You can't. Okay, first off. Doesn't matter anyway because they never tell me what hotel they're at, so I couldn't help you anyhow. Yes, and it's not like it's on a key mark anymore or built on a on a marquee anywhere. So, uh, no, and you can't come to the gala for sure. There's there's security there. <laughs> just you have to win. Just submit, and you know, um, you might get runner up. You might get an honorable mention. The, these judges really want to help you. Just submit some decent sci-fi. Well, no, uh, uh, Kim, just because you write it fast don't mean it's not going to be good. I know quite no, a few writers that can write fast. Exactly. Like I said, pretty much every 24-hour story that these that these guys um, write during the workshop week, sell it to a professional market. Wow. So speed, slow or fast, it's, it's the quality of the writing. So 
Um, there's, there's been several instances too where people have been submitting for years and finally the last day of the contest year, they then write their story, submit it, and that's the one that wins. It was just, it was written that one day. So you can definitely do that. Didn't we have a guest on Joe one time that did that? Yeah, I forgot who it was, but I know Carol. It's uh, that was Wolf Moon did that. Wolf Moon. Well, it might have been because Wolf's been on just recently, which I got to get Wolf back on. His show was so messed up. Yeah. Uh, 17,000 max words. You can do, I mean, a lot of them seem to finish out around seven to 9,000 words. Um, yes, unfortunately, I don't know why I know these stats. Um, it's talking is, to the judges the, too isn't much. Isn't the limit for words 7,000? What's that? Wait, what? Isn't the word limit 7,000? 17,000. 17. Oh, yeah, okay. 17, <laughs> that was <yeah>. close. <laughs> well, Emily, you need to submit it. Stop talking smack. Submit that damn thing. I'd like to see you out there. Um, no, no, 17,000. No, we had this discussion just recently with a couple of different authors that were on. No, 17,000 is not a novel. I don't even think it's a novelette, actually. No. It's, uh, yeah, see, I shouldn't even know these things. See, I'm nerding out, people. Ah, no. <laughs> I should not know these things. What is, what is the number of uh, words for a complete novel? 100,000 or more. Yeah. Oh, see, and I shouldn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. It's his fault. Uh, I'm blaming his ass for this. <laughs> when we go to the other side, I'm blaming <laughs> <laughs> when we cross over, they said, Why'd you geek out? You know that guy, John Goo, when you got here, it's his fault. Um, no, really, people, but that's what I'm trying to tell y'all. If I pick up a lot of stuff and, I, and I'm not part of that, I am, and sometimes I'm in the classes and, um, and I'm listening. And sometimes it's just discussions after. There's this thing called BarCon, which you get a lot of information there for free as well, too. Um, well, well, no. Don't think everybody's drinking. So sometimes after the everything's over, everybody will sit down in the bar downstairs in the lobby downstairs. Sometimes they're eating. Sometimes they're drinking soft drinks. Sometimes they're drinking alcohol. But everybody's down there talking. And the last three years, I've kind of played like a conduit because I've noticed – I keep wanting to call them students, but I've noticed winners kind of staring at judges but didn't quite want to walk over. So I just grab them and walk them and drop them right in the middle of the – No, it works good because the judges are there. That's what the judges are there for. They yeah. want to talk to them. I always ask the judges first anyway, but they want to talk to them because I was talking with um, uh, Kevin J. Anderson and, and Dean Leslie Smith last year, and we were, they were having a pretty conversation. It was uh, Well, anyway, we're not going to get into what the conversation was about, but it's not something that you know it's open conversation. So I asked him, I said, I see these four have been staring at y'all for a while. And he said, okay, let it, we'll finish this up, which they were wrapping up. And I will tell you, it was about the drummer of um, the lead singer of Rush. Uh, that's all I'll tell y'all, but um, they all came over, sat down, and man, they were gone. That was it for the next two hours. I mean, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning when I went upstairs, and uh, they were crossing all kind of stuff. Then people were asking questions, and these guys were eating it up. Mm-hmm. And when they are tired, they said, okay, we've got to go to bed. And no hard feelings. Everything is the way it is. Uh, it's a good thing if you can get there, people, but you got to win. Yep. Emily, black, Emily has a couple questions, Joe. Good, Emily. What you got, baby? I have, them out there. I have had two deadlines for my book and missed both. Do writers get too picky, or is this some kind of anxiety releasing your first book? Is this normal for a first book? It's um, it's missing deadlines is not uncommon at all. The uh, one of the good things about writers of the future is that authors will learn 
to write to a deadline because that's something that a person needs to learn how to do, especially as they get professional. So that people would, I need to write a story and submit by the end of the quarter. So that's a good thing to do. But in terms of when a story is done, you have to know when it's, I mean, you, you can keep them aside. Like if you talk to somebody like Dean Wesley Smith, he writes a story and he's done with it. He doesn't go into rewriting, rewriting, because it makes it, it's like when you polish a stone, it starts off with a rock and it's its unique. It's very, you got the, the, the edges and all these different things that make that rock different from other rocks. You keep on polishing, it ends up looking like any other polished rock. So that's the downside of multiple revisions. It gets more and more and more polished, but it loses its uniqueness. So that's where getting a good copy editor to help you at that point comes into play to make sure you, you're true to your story, but you don't um, get rid of what makes it your story as compared to just another story. There's lots of writers groups out there that you can share your stories with too. Yeah. Writers of the Future has a forum that you can join for free. And there's a lot of writers that would be totally willing. These are winners and judges. Yeah. They're willing to help you with ideas and tips. Plus, we have the free online workshop that we offer, too. Besides, biggest piece of advice, don't give it to your family you read because they're going to lie to you. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> oh, it's great. No, so you can't trust that it's great. Yeah. Or you can't trust that it's horrible. You just got to get some people that read it that know what they're doing. So, oh, Jack, no, you uh, said there's a second question, Jack? Uh, yeah, it, um, is this normal for the first book? But you said that. But she comes back and says, I keep rereading and worry. Keep rereading or rewriting? Rereading. Re I guess she's rereading the story. She's rereading her story that she's writing. She gets worried. <coughs> yeah, so in that right there, she's going to write it into either she needs, if the story's no good, she just needs to then go out and create a new story. Yes. But at this point, I get it to a writer's group somebody that they can get another perspective on it because she's going to keep on rereading it and talk herself out of a story. Yeah. Well, and there are a lot of good writers groups out there. I mean, you can go to the, the forum. If not, there's a lot of um, the writers who have won these contests that have their own groups. And there's a lot of them that are friended up together. You'd be surprised how many of these have made friends and have stayed friends. Yeah. Because I, I do interviews with them. So I know this one's friends or that one's friends. And I've actually stayed friends with several of the groups. It's, 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 it's weird, but when you, when you, if you win, um, you, you know, you're going to get a partner when you get there anyway. So it's, it's, all I can tell you is win. You're going to yeah. love it if you win. See like Dean Leslie Smith, he's everything. He's not just an author. He owns his own corporation. He does the whole, he does his own publishing. He yeah. does everything. That's a fact. Yeah, he does a whole. So when you when you have the man in front of you, who's a wealthy man, when you have him in front of you, don't waste his time. Ask the questions. You know, he don't need you to kid around and beat around. He needs you to ask your questions. And he'll tell you, he's, he's more pointed than some of the other judges are. Yes, I like Dean. Yes, I yeah. like people who speak their mind. <clears throat> I was telling him something about writing his book. He said, Joe, go write the damn thing and leave me alone. <laughs> 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 Well, you know, he wasn't going to hurt my feelings. He knew that too. But Hey, hey Joe, I got to run. Go on, get on out of here. Yeah, because yeah, we're not far hey, out of here ourselves. Yeah, I got it. Jason just dropped off this week's podcast, so I need to upload it now and get it sent this, to you. This guy, Jason, he is Satan, people. He got the red hair, horns, and horns going in and out. He's married to a little demon. Oh, my God. 
that's the one he was talking about earlier that puts yeah. me to work all the time. Good night, so, everybody. Be good, Jack. Uh, yeah, be good. Jay, be good. It's um, it's I don't know. Um, well, no, they got to go. They got they got lives and stuff to do. Me and me and Jay's gonna wrap y'all up and uh, hook y'all up. It's uh, so John did good as usual. He was good on here. So don't forget he's traveling. So y'all not gonna see him. You going what? Two weeks? Three weeks? I, I'll be gone for a couple weeks, but I'll be. Uh, well, you can always uh, try to get Emily onto your show. There, she's. she's I'm sending a spy bot after Emily. <laughs> I'm putting a spy bot on her ass. <laughs> I'm sending one over there. I got a friend that lives in Hollywood. I'm going to say, look, put a spy bot on this chick. No, I'm I'm just I just took my headphones off, so it's that speaker on my laptop. So now she's listening to you. Uh, she knows I love her, though. It's uh, uh, No, Carlin. No, Emily is his wife. No, so you're, you heard us talking to Emily in the chat room. That's Emily Men's house from FT Frickin'. Yeah, she's on Friday. The other Emily is his wife. Then She's from Canada. Yeah, from Canada. Yes, Canada. That's what it is because Trudeau's in charge, so it's Canada until they get a real leader up there. <laughs> it's what it's going to be like. Uh, it's getting cold. Though. I'm expecting some some Christmas chocolate coming down from Canada. Santa Claus sends me chocolate every once in a while, so you know, I, I like Santa. No, if, if y'all do see John, you know, tell him hi. Don't harass him, man, though, because he is going to be really busy while he's there. Buy him and, a fish uh, and chips if he's in yeah. London. Exactly. Or tell him a good place where they're at. What are you talking yeah. about? Wait, what underground? What are you talking about? Underground subway station? I look. I'm not from. I have no knowledge about London at all. Yeah, all no, the tubes I, are underground. All the yeah. stations underground there. So, so she's I'll saying she's saying where I'll be around that area. Something about the station near the palace or something has the best fish and chips in all of, in all of England. Shit, that's a pretty big boast. Um. Well, you send me the name of him. I'll send it on to him. No, I'll send it on to him. Dickinson. It's uh, Dickinson. yeah, send, yeah. It's just when when you just look up the name when you send send me the name, I'll email him. Yeah, he's gonna be traveling. He, it's not like he can't get emails. It's not like he's going <laughs> to the former Soviet Union or anything. He's not going to the medieval times. He's going or China. You know, yeah, or China, uh, Korea. Uh, Miss Fresh, what you got for us, Miss Fresh? No, I, just submit. 17,000 words or less. Yeah, just submit. That's all you got to do is submit. And, you can go uh, to risefuture.com, all the rules there on, on the section, enter the contest. I'm telling you, if I had a dollar for them, I said submit, I'd be a millionaire. It's, uh, no, really, just, just shit, you'd be, yeah, way more than I would be. You just, it's, that's the easiest thing. Look, eventually, what I'm going to do is when I finish writing this, I'm going to talk with the good ones and, and get some help from them to go through it as a story because it's going to be big. But eventually, I'll take a piece of it. Oh, I guess I won't be able to if I get them to help me. That'll be cheating. Um, anyway, I'll take a piece of it and submit it, and then they can, you know, tell me what the hell's wrong with it. It's um, well, no, I, I've threatened his wife a few times. I'm just going to stick all 150 thousand pages in envelope, mail it to her ass. Uh, I can't edit. No, indeed not. Uh, thank God for smell cracked and grammar cracked, and they're not perfect by yeah. any means, but um, they do help. Well, if I'm typing on my keyboard, I don't make as many mistakes. If I'm typing on that stupid phone, I make all kinds. My phone turns words in. So I typed to a friend of mine, hey, friend, what's up? No, I said, hey, friend, what are we doing? And, but it said, hey, grind. It said, oh, something about it said, hey, we're going to grind or something. I'm like, he writes me back. He said, do I didn't know you swung that way, my friend? I was <laughs> like, what the f are you talking about? I looked down at my phone. I said, Jesus, man, come on with this spell correct. Um, 
you just you, you know i can't i can type fast now but i can't i can't on no, on the phone it just i just can't, i got fat fingers people look you know that, that, that's how it is no we got five minutes i got eight questions you better get him in the next five minutes john gotta get dressed he gotta be looking good and sharp it's saturday in the morning oh no the boss lady gonna put him to work tomorrow no, he don't get off no days he he, he gets no free days uh, yeah. Well, that's true. And John will tell you this. Anybody who knows me and, and talks to me on a regular basis knows they have to learn JoJo E's. If they don't learn JoJo E's, they're never going to know what the hell I'm talking about. It's the Emily's down. It's the Emily knows too. It's um, I can't help it. I leave out words, sometimes sentences. Thank God these people are getting semi-telepathic now. So they know what the hell I'm talking about. No, I'm trying to get better, but I, I get I get to typing real fast, and my and my fingers are just far slower than my brain is. It's uh, oh yeah, uh, and I'll go back. Sometimes I'll go back and read. I try to remind myself to read every time. Sometimes I forget. I'll go back and say what? What? I don't even know what the hell I said. <laughs> I'm like, let's fix this. Yes, people, pay attention to what you're texting. You never know who you're texting to, and you don't want to text something really stupid to somebody you're actually doing work with. You mean business? No, that goes through. Um, through uh, one of the webs, um, Microsoft um, Office. So I don't have to worry about that. It corrects all that stuff. It corrects prices, language, the whole nine yards. It is a 70s thing. Uh, I was, you mean Jack? Jack was in the Navy around the same time I was, somewhere in the early 80s. Yes. We were both, we were, we've been, it's funny because we had both been to the bombing derby at the same time, but we didn't know each other at that time. We might have known each other, might not even known it. Uh, might have met him at one of the places where you go sleep off base. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, uh, it's nothing like that, people. No. Anyway, Joe, I, thank you very much for you get. But yes, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, text you when I know whatever this is tonight. I haven't really looked yet, but okay, I appreciate uh, uh, that. Be good. Stay out of trouble. Give give the boss a hug for me. I definitely will, and you'll have the. I'm about ready to. Said upload the the podcast. The archive the right, just uh, dropped off. Cool, then. I'll put it up. So, to, well, if it's if you got it tonight, I'll put it up tomorrow sometime. Yeah, I'll put the other ones. You have it. Have a good one, John. Thank you very much. Good, good baby. Thanks good again. Day. Okay, bye bye. Uh, Jimmy Reed, we're getting ready to get out of here. Let me see. What did you send me? I just seen it come across my screen. What did I do with it? What did I do with it? Uh, no, we already seen the evidence thing. Oh, the metal world. I did see that. NASA is going to send a mission to the metal world. I did see that. Uh, it's a big asteroid, I think it is, made out of metal. They keep finding these asteroids loaded down with all this stuff on. I mean, somebody's going to get stinking wealthy like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, but the logistics to get out there and get back, that's how much are you going to pay to get out there? Well, if Elon's doing it, not much. I mean, he's, he's, he's closer than anybody. I mean, he's building rockets like they're nothing. He's got them down. He's building replaceable rockets for prices even NASA can't think of. Yeah. I mean, they're just, oh, my God, so cheap. Well, you know, Emily, they said the boots on, on uh, Neil Armstrong were the wrong boots. You might be right. It's, uh, yeah, people, y'all don't fight about that. Don't kill each other over Neil Armstrong's boots, okay? Now, when NASA puts these new homes up on the moon, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, you'll be able to live on the moon. You'll be able to live in a neighborhood on the moon. And you, I, again, I'm going to say this because I'm kind of funny about this. If by any chance we're going to start building on the moon, I'm all for it. 
just on the dark side. I don't want to look at my moon and see shit on the moon. I don't want to see shit signing back at me. No, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it won't be a romantic moon anymore. It'll just be some ugly yeah, thing right. in the sky with a bunch of crap on it. Eat, he, yeah. eat at Joe's. Even fictionally speaking, William Riker in Star Trek, he mentioned something about looking up at the moon and seeing all the different cities on the moon and Mars. Yeah. It's like, no, I didn't know. Yeah, what are you, Lake Armstrong? I remember that. I still remember that. It's, uh, but what can we do? Uh, Christopher, as best I know, 10 major countries have now landed or been probed in, on the moon. So the top five, of course, are the United States, the UK, India, China, and uh, the USA, or Russia and the USA, sorry. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Russia's landed anything on the moon, but they have several satellites where they did. Yeah. Well, I didn't even mean, I mean, just they got orbits, there's stuff in yeah. orbit. It's uh, India. Now they're saying India faked a little moon landing the other day. Uh, China's saying that, so I don't know if it's true or not. But uh, but you now have six six major countries and four sub-countries uh, that you can look and see what's on the moon now. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> Russia was the first to crash on the moon. <laughs> we were the first to land yeah. on the moon. <laughs> a little bit different, but still. they were. That, Russia was the first. When it came to space, Russia was first in a lot of things. Just about all of it. And uh, the U.S. came second, yeah, pretty much in everything. Um we were overly cautious. Of course, we were more successful. And then, of course, um, what was it, 17, 18, and 19? No, it was 18, 19, and 20 were bought and paid for. These were missions that were bought and paid for. But for some reason, we didn't use them. And then recently, NASA made a slip and said that the systems were gone. So maybe we did use them. I just don't know where they could have launched them from this planet without being seen. They'd have had to cut a deal with Russia or China. I mean, uh, they might have been able to launch them out in a desert somewhere. Or, they could uh, have launched from Edwards in California. I mean, that's a big blast, and, it, and it's going to arc over the area, so I'm not sure how they did that. But anyway, uh, what do you mean? What you in the plasma? We're going to plasma you. Next. <laughs> you got, it's like the plasma in your TV, huh? <laughs> Jupiter uh, is plasma, maybe, but not the moon. Uh, we're talking to Emily in the room with us, yeah. Uh, we all got about two more minutes and we're out of here. Well, we started a little late, so we're going to run over about five minutes. But no, Jay's on Church of Mavis with uh, Jeffrey Pritchard, mm -hmm. the yep. madman Jeffrey Pritchard. No, he's the madman for sure. Oh, no, I ain't got nothing on Jeffrey. He's crazier than I am. <laughs> Jeffrey is one of the oldest hosts on the network. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, and I know Michael the left oldest host, but longest running. <laughs> yeah, he's been here a long time. He's made it through two different station managers. And he got into it when Stephanie first took over. He got into it bad with her. I thought for sure he's getting his ass fired, but somehow they worked it out. Well, well they worked it out. So, mm -hmm. um, Yes, Christopher, we're going to be doing pay for – so the new system, the new television system in Roku allows us to do pay for events on location. And then we also have it set up to where we can do um, um, like, like different archives we can put up for pay. Yeah. So you're going to be able to get those too. Well, there's a lot of stuff that you can't get right now because it's only it's only on a pay-for event. So, no, the pay-for events are going to be different. That's when we're going to be doing, like, we got people doing stuff for Halloween on different locations and stuff like that. So we'll be using that. You mean how much it's going to cost? It's going to depend on the event. 
who's running it, where is it at, what the cost is going in. Yeah, so. But no, yeah, you can do it. So you can take this system we're on right now, go anywhere in the world for that matter, and uh, stream it live at a pay-for-event. And if we want to, we can do a pay-for-event per camera if we really want to. So we can put each camera as a pay event. Yes. We probably won't do it that way, but uh, we'll... Well, you know, Marky asked me that if, if we might do it per person. So if people are running cameras themselves, would you want to see Jay's camera? You want to see Jack's camera? You want to see my camera? You know, so on and so forth. You'll be able to do that. Well, the reason why is you're not going to be able to watch them all anyway. Yeah, so... It's up to them what they want to do. I know one of them's talking about Gettysburg, but there's some kind of remodeling going on there right now. One's talking about some haunted um, a sanitarium somewhere in New York they want to do. They can do whatever they want, and we just hook it up as pay for listen. And we don't know if it's going to be one person, 500 people, two people. It's one of those things, though. See, we're going to do it this month, but you're not going to make a lot of money this month because you don't have enough advertisement time, but these events now that you can put out seven, eight months, you know, I got the axe murder on in six months where you just broadcast that for six months and then put it on as a pay for event. Yeah. It doesn't matter what show it is. Any show can be a pay for event. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, that's the whole for having a pay for system. We're going to add a pay for system to the home website too, for just paying for particular shows and stuff. And yeah. you got what? 23 years worth of archives. Yeah, so there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff up there. I mean, we're still going to be giving away a lot of stuff. It just there'll be some stuff that all the gray zones are only for purchase only. If you want to listen to Michelle and I talk about uh, about 70 different topics, you'll have to pay for them. It's not going to be much. It'll probably be $5 a show, but there's a lot of good material in there. And getting Michelle and I together doing it is a rare thing to start off with because we're both busy. Yes. Uh... No, Mich no, Emily comes on at six, right? Yeah, yeah six. Jeff yeah, comes six. on at seven, so she comes on at six, yeah. And no, there's a show before her, Spirit uh something spirit spirit uh, spirit guide or no, that's not what it is. But she comes on a, an hour and a half before Emily, so yeah. Friday's got a good lineup. We have a lot of good shows on Friday. We talk about a lot of different stuff across all the different shows. Uh well the topics see a lot of the days are geared to a particular topic. Friday's not. Friday's just an open night that we can talk about whatever we want to. Well, Jeffrey does variety and we do news and Emily does variety and the spirit show doesn't, but they're, you know, they're the only show locked into a particular genre. No, Emily's listed as variety on the network. Yeah. Cause she does a lot of different stuff with her show. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? She's pregnant by an alien. Well, that's her problem. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Emily, I know. Network, we can advertise that. <laughs> uh, yes, we'll put that out for everybody to know about. <laughs> well, it depends what you think aliens are, don't, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, if you ask some of my, re my religious friends, they would tell you it's something angelic or demonous, depending on which one you asked. It just depends. Uh, there's a. Last time I checked, it was a thousand and one religions on the planet. So pick what you want to believe in. I, I'm not religious. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not anti-God or anything. I'm just not religious. 
uh, I'm just not. I don't. I don't want to be. I just find no reason. Yeah, you know what? George Collin does a skit on God. You should go listen to it. <laughs> He's got some really great philosophies. You should really go listen to that skit, and you, you'll understand. And then I got in a debate with a friend of mine the other day by accident, which I didn't want to – I started by accident. So I said, who do you follow? He said, I follow God. I said, well, do you follow Jesus or the big boss, the, 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 uh, the three spirits? And he says, what do you mean? I said, you know, do you follow God, the Father, or Jesus, the Son? He said, they're the same. I said, no, the Father, Son, and the Ghost, no. So technically, he's really not. He's a separate entity. So who do you believe? I said, because his belief systems are different than his daddy's. I said, if you go read the Old Testament and even some of the stuff in the New Testament, God is fearful. I mean, I mean, and mean and does some harsh things. And Jesus doesn't. Jesus would be considered New Age. Mm. Yes. So who do you really follow? And like I like to warn my friends all the time when they tell me there's no such thing as this, there's no such thing as that. I said, you're awful brave to put limitations on the creator. I mean, the creator created everything, so you can't be limiting the creator because uh, he, might, he, she, or it might take a dim view of that and decide to uncreate your ass. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, people, don't don't be limiting people, you know, until you know what's going on. It's... Uh, 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 yes, I do right here. But anyway, we got to get our butts out of here. Uh, we've caught up all our time, so we got to go. Be sure to come check out Emily's on Friday. Check me out on Wednesday and Friday night. Uh, Jay's on Friday, and Jack, who was here with us a little while ago, he is on Tuesday. And John, who was here before that, is here on Monday. So be sure to come check him out. It was host night tonight. On that note, good night, and stay tuned for spaced out radio <laughs>